you getting yourself ready for our show? It's Jigs and friggin' Bigs. We got ourselves one hell of a show this week for you. You guys are not going to want to miss out. It's a good one. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're minus Joe Brown, but you're going to hear him later in this show because uh, I brought him in on the interview this week. We got Josh Cotier on the show. He is the uh, angler of the year for that All-American League that, uh, that Joe is a member of. And uh, we dive deep into some of Josh's background with fishing and all that stuff like we normally do. And I... Um, I, I think that, uh, that that Joe may have made a friend for life after this interview. It's pretty interesting. Uh, we have all kinds of great stuff to talk about this week. Sean has had a crazy week, absolutely slaying it, and he's gonna he's caught some absolute giants this week. He's going to share those details with us. Your boy has been busier than hell. I'm going to dive into my one real success this week, but I got away this week with uh, my dog, and uh, we went uh, camping with Becca uh, up in the uh, upstate New York area. Great, great weekend. There's a lot of food we're going to talk about. There was some fishing uh, that we're going to review as well. All kinds of great stuff. All, we also have some uh, some winners from our September tournament series, our multi-species scavenger hunt. Uh, winners to announce for that, but also raffle winners. Those are the winners I'm really speaking about. We got great prizes to give away. You're not going to want to miss it, guys. Much more amazing show coming up in uh, a short bit. Go get yourself something delicious to enjoy. I know we're here early in the morning recording this, drinking some coffee. We'll see you guys in a bit. Don't go too far. Much more jigs and bigs coming up after this. Yeah, baby. Here we are. What 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 an amazing stretch of shows. An amazing, amazing, amazing stretch of shows. Sean, how are you today? I'm I'm I just timed it perfectly to be super professional and I finished chewing on a mouthful of homemade macaroni and cheese. That's perfect. I'm, it's breakfast. I mean, what are you gonna do? Breakfast. You, That's all you need you got, in you life. Got, you got leftover macaroni and cheese. That is, in fact, your Brookfist Brookfist. Fair Good stuff. Fair. Very, nice. very fair. We're going to be talking pasta a little bit later. I uh, my my weekend invo- in, in involved uh, quite a bit of, of good eats, um, and it was just just kind of a, a crazy ass week. You had, I feel, much more uh, excitement in the fishing world right here. But I'm going to go ahead and start um, just because we'll get this stuff kind of out of it, and we'll we'll, j- we'll dive in. So. Last week's fishing, I had, I'll tell you what, the last 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 Sunday evening when we recorded the show was an evening of a million ideas and possibilities. I took a good look at the calendar and the weather forecast and saw a string of days where it's just it's it's I, I had all the availability, all of this other stuff. And I'll tell you, we've hit a point in the year, and this this upsets me. This is the point in the year where it gets a little bit cooler. It's darker in the morning. And I'm a little more less I'm a little less motivated to get out and jump in the kayak right away. If I can find a couple of other things to do, I will get them done, you know, before putting that priority out there. Now, I did have a little bit of a mission on uh Monday. 
So Monday morning, Sean and I had uh, a conversation about, we were both, actually, I was searching for a, a, a myriad of different species for the September showdown. And I, you know, my options were way up in the air. Basically, I was only limiting myself to fishing waters that at least had trout in them. So, because they were one of them that I needed. So I had, I was missing a whole bunch of stuff. Sean had uh, a, a much more streamlined list, but we both met on one specific species that we needed, and that species was crappie. So Sean had used his his info about you know where he's had the most success with crappie. All of my records, it's I don't catch crappie often enough to really have enough of a pattern to be helpful. Other than going like I know I've caught crappie here, I'm going to return back here. You know, there's just haven't hasn't been enough catches and enough bodies of water to kind of kind of nail it. So we go to this one body of water, which you know after talking with some some of our you know mutual friends in the angling community. There's there's folks around here that it's a beloved body of water. It's often neglected, I think. And so we go and we hit this one spot and I go out there. I'm armed with uh, a presentation that just was killing it the the week before on especially on Friday, just killing it. And uh, what this was was just a small, tiny two inch uh, paddle tail swim bait from Guggen. They make a crappie line of baits and this they call it the snacky swimmer. And this pairs so good on an eighth ounce jig head that I put on a, like a beetle spin. So think of it as like an overspin in a way. It's kind of like, you know, it's got this little blade with a little bit of flash and just this tiny, tiny swim bait presentation. And it was just getting hammered, absolutely hammered. Once I found the bluegill, I was in it. It was ridiculous. Almost like every other cast. It was crazy. So this was the pattern that has been all summer. Well, not all summer, all September. Uh, it's just been bluegill after bluegill after bluegill. In fact, I kind of thought that was gonna—that's what I was gonna get on this weekend while I was in upstate New York, and that didn't play out at all. At all. But we'll get to that in a moment. So Sean and I—we convene in the—I think this is the south end of this pond. We kind of cross paths. He had sort of gone to a couple of different spots, and I just—I left the ramp and I just followed the bank line and I worked my way all the way down. We ended up in the same neck of the woods, and. I had been caught catching just just bluegill after bluegill, dink bass after dink bass, and none of these fish can do anything for me. And as he headed back up to the north end, I landed a crappie. I landed a butte. And the relief that came over my face, because I was out there, and it was dumping rain that day. It was pouring. And I was at the point where my... Water-resistant clothing had said enough, and with the wind blowing around, I was starting to get pretty cold. And I was like, all right, I got my point. I'm getting off the water. I'm going to go to Cumbies and refresh my coffee and just drink a hot cup of coffee. I know we only had like about an hour left. And I'm like, I'm going to I'm gonna go call it, get the boat loaded up, all that stuff, grab something, and, uh, and warm up a little bit and dry off. So I, I go and do that. Man, I was so glad I got that crappie. And I sent... A text to Sean with this fish, and the response back I got was "whore," <laughs> which was fucking well, perfect. Get. It was fucking perfect. <laughs> but I, I ultimately had the last laugh because on on Friday while I was at trivia, Sean was at the game, and mid game I changed his his uh, team picture to that. Uh, selfie of me with the crappie, and I think it took around for you, for it to click, and you were like, "Oh yeah, you fucker." <laughs> well, you, you know what? I stopped looking because 
<clears throat> on occasion, like I do set my little picture thing yep. when we get going. My picture wasn't coming up for the first few questions that I got right. And I'm like, okay, something must be wrong tonight. And I just <laughs> left it alone, didn't pay attention. Yeah, yeah I saw it eventually. Uh, it, was, it was fucking good. <laughs> So so Monday, I mean, Monday it was cold, it was raining. The rest of the week was fucking beautiful. Like, I should have been out. And I think, I think, what was it? Was it Tuesday? I mean, I just had, like I said, like I had work stuff. Like, I had to make a call with a, a for an event that I have coming up this week here. So I was like, yeah, I'm, like I could do that on the kayak. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's this is the time of year where I got to really be like, yep, this is what we're going. And it's part of the reason why in the, in the fall, especially, I like to, um, like, oftentimes what I'll do is I'll try to do like a huge send on the weekend, you know, and if it's really cold, it'll, it'll, it'll be a bank send. But then during the week, what I'll do is I'll try to do fit in some bank sends here and there. Did I get out midweek? And oh, no, that's right. I did get out. I did get out on Wednesday. I had some errands to run. And I hadn't caught a fish yet on my uh, my new rod. I don't know if I did. I talk about this on the show. I don't, I don't know if did. I talked about this. Sh- this is on the show. Well, if I did, you're going to hear it again. So my <laughs> daughter, <laughs> my oldest daughter, uh, comes up to me. Uh, this is right around my birthday, and she's like, "Dad," she goes, "I'm trying to figure out what I should get you as a gift." And honestly, I keep settling on a Bass Pro gift card. And I was like, "Well, you keep settling on the right thing." Um, she goes, she goes, well, is there anything like specific I can get? I was like, you know what? I go, there's so much, (laughs) like there's so much I could send you in a direction, but I think you would be, it would drive you insane. So she's like, I'm just going to do that. So she got me a, a, a $50 pass pro gift card. And thank you, Chloe. It went to a good cause. So I had, um, I had, you know, been doing some, some shopping online and recently I had broken a guide off of my uh my jig rod my this is sort of like my workout work workhorse rod it's my seven foot medium heavy and uh this is where i had uh i had a a, uh it was a swim jig that had caught up on a log and uh in the process of trying to free that i happened to just break off a guide and i'm gonna repair it it's worth repairing you know but in the meantime like that that was having some adverse effects on my line and uh, I put a little piece of tape around it to kind of provide the sharp, you know, edges that were sticking out to avoid, you know, destroying my line. And I used it for the time being. And I'm like, I'm going to replace this. But I've been wanting to go with a longer sort of workhorse like jig and worm rod. So that seven one to seven three, seven three is about probably where I would top out on that one. And I was like, I just want to see what the options are there. And I was like, well, I got this gift card. I was like, maybe I can parlay this into replacing that rod and just pay off the difference. Well, I had, uh, you know, I don't love the selection of stuff sometimes at Bass Pro. You know, uh, sometimes, sometimes their brand is like the best that you can get for the value for the dollar because their stuff's pretty great. You know what I mean? It really is. So I was looking at all that and I'm like, ah, I've just not seen anything. And something caught my eye and it, and it, it reminded me of an episode of Tackle Talk that I had heard. It was the iCast one. And uh, one of the things that um, Andrew Hayes had talked about was that St. Croix is uh, updating, I think, the Bass Mojo and Bass X lines of their of their rods. So what happens when that when that occurs? Lots of times, these companies what they'll do is they'll run a clearance on the older models so that there's r- real estate to put the new models in when they are available. So you know they just basically want to move 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 them along, really. So I said, oh, that's right. Well, they were like twenty or thirty percent off. It was a good deal. I was just like, shit. Okay, it's like a hundred fifty dollar retail rod. 
You know, it was a Bass X uh, 7 1 medium heavy fast. And I'm like, all right, sweet. Yeah, I'll, I'll pay the difference on that. It was on sale. It was basically on sale for like 99 bucks. And I throw that in my cart, apply the gift card, and then I get a notification that says, uh, Mr. Roast Beef, your uh, Bass Pro credit card is not linked to your account. If you'd like to use any points, you need to link it. And so I do that, and holy shit, I had plenty of points to cover the rest of that rod. So that's a win for me. But I had gone out, I think it was I think it was actually Thursday that I had gone out, and I said, you know, I hadn't caught a fish on this rod yet. I'm going to stop off at one of my spots by the bank after I'm done running errands in between everything and just see if I can't, you know, hook into a little something and, uh, and, and you know, see, see what we got. And I did. I went over to one of my bank spots I like to fish, hooked into a, a little nibbler largemouth, just absolutely hammered a jig. And uh, I was like, sweet. So, you know, fish for a little bit over there. I uh, I got a phone call from my dad that day. Now, last week's episode, I had talked about how he and I were planning on going hitting the the famous Quabbin Reservoir. Now, Quabbin is like a, a veritable playground for multi-species. It really is. For something like we're doing, it's worth taking the day and dropping the 60 bucks or whatever to rent a boat and cover as much area as you can because the species are in there. Like, in they're thriving. And we go, and uh, our plan was we were going to leave Friday morning, bring the cooler. You know, if we got onto some, like, you know, white perch or crappie or anything like that, we were going to do a little bit of harvesting, maybe plant a little fish fry, something like that. Well, my dad calls me, and this is on Thursday. He's like, hey, man, I don't know if you looked at the weather. He's like, but it's going to rain all day on Friday now. I was like, you, are you shitting me? I'm like, last forecast I saw, I saw Friday being great, and then Saturday maybe being a little questionable. And he's like, nope, it's going to pour. And, you know, the problem is with renting those boats over there, there's no bilge pump, you know? So, like, it just, it, it, it fucks with your day of fishing. And he's like, you know, he's like, maybe we'll do it another time, which, you know, unfortunately, that other time is going to be next spring because this was the last weekend they were doing the rentals and they're closing it for the season. So I'm like, oh, fuck me, right? That sucks. So... Uh, we didn't fish on on Friday, which sucked. The, the rain was ridiculous on Friday. Like, it was just dumping. And there were points. Now, you fished on Friday, Sean. You were out there in it. Dude, I, I, I pride myself on fishing some shit, and I was off the water in an hour and a half. It was, it it, was, it, it was a downpour. Yeah, it, it was. It was. I think it was like almost two inches of rain that day. It was a lot. Was, for us... At where I was at, they yeah. got over the course of that day and night, it was like four. Really? That we much? Got, we got smashed. Western Mash got smashed. Yeah. Everywhere Fucking. from two and a half to, to like five in some places, I think. It was crazy. So we, you know, I mean, Friday Friday was a, a bust for me, but I was able to get a lot of the prep done for camping. So I had uh, a plan. I was going to do some camping with uh, Becca Yassine, friend of the show. She's amazing. And Becca and I, we were, we were trying to make plans to go out and camp. And there was a uh, the potential that she was going to have a trip lined up out in the, up, upstate New York and closer to like Syracuse, Utica, like that way. And she's like, yeah, she's like, you know, do some salmon fishing. She's like, are you down? She's like, it'll be Sunday and Monday. And I'm like, unfortunately, Sunday, Monday won't work because of like running kids around, get, you know, do school and all that other stuff. And my family, my wife and my kids, like our our birthday celebration thing is we do a birthday dinner like everybody will go out to a restaurant we'll have dinner and everything and it was it was that was where it lined up with everybody's schedule we were all going to be there um 
so it was nice. We so I had plans for that, and I'm like, I'm not gonna have them cancel that plans. I know that that Holly was looking forward to it. The girls like it was, you know, Delaney's easy. Chloe has a crazy schedule. She's all over the place. So getting her figured out and and tuned for a day, you know, that she's available is is crazy tricky. So I was like, I'm not gonna do that. I told her I was like. If you just want to like go and do that, I totally understand. Like I will figure something out. I'll take the kayak out and just go hard for the the Saturday, the last day of the the tourney, or you know maybe maybe I'll even just go and camp. And I was you know we'll, we'll figure it out. And she's like, nope. She's like, I definitely want to camp with you. And I was like, well, I go, why don't we do this? I go, why don't we fish kind of like mid, or why don't we go and camp midway, and then this way, you know, we get that one night in. And then you'll be that much closer to your end destination. She's like, that's a great idea. So she had like Becca is a wizard when it comes to finding camp spots. She has a lot of resources that she uses and, and she used a, an app called Hip Camp. And I know I've talked to you, Sean, about this, too. What, yep. what Hip Camp is, it's almost like an Airbnb for for like in, independently owned landowners that allow camping on their property so you might find like a winery that has a bunch of you know area that they will set aside for people to camp with their own terms she found a spot this this guy in this area of new york has 75 acres couple of ponds on there one of them is designated as a swimming pond so it's, it's a sandy bottom um, it's, there are fish in there as Becca was cleaning house, like micro fishing, tiny bluegill, small fall fish. And, um, you know, he's got, I forget how many sites, but he's got probably like 20 sites on here. We had one site, it was site number one, and it was right near the main pond. And this pond has so much biodiversity as far as like the, the plant life around the, the sides. It's, it really looks very picturesque. And uh, there are fish in there. Becca laid into a good three and a half pound largemouth. Um, she was the only one that caught any fish. I, I took a few casts, but I was I was mainly excited because this is the first time I ever took my dog on like any type of an outdoor adventure at all, you know. And this was it was truck camping and the whole nine. And Hudson, you know, both my dogs are Boston Terriers. They're not like, you know. <sighs> They don't love being outside. They really don't. I think this little motherfucker had the best weekend of his life. I really do. He was living his best life. Absolutely amazing. Um, I, you know, he's his the only uh, experience with other dogs he he really has is with a couple friends of ours that have occasionally <laughs> taken him while we've been out of town, and they have dogs. Um, and he's been all right generally for the most part. He gets a little excited initially, and but. Becca was going to bring Sky along. Sky is such an amazing, amazing dog. Sky's a, a golden retriever, and uh, she is just absolutely wonderful. If she likes you, wants your attention, if you're sitting down somewhere, she'll come up and put her snout up against your arm and flip your arm up so that you're petting her. Like she's she's wonderful, and she loves Bobby Rose Beef. Um, it, we were curious how who, they were. Who doesn't? Do, exactly. Who doesn't? I I can think of a couple people who don't love Bobby Rose Beef. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so Becca and I, you know, we got there and she, she did some micro fishing. She caught some fucking toads. Like she did it all. It was unbelievable. Um, I, you know, like I said, I made probably, I probably made 12 to 15 casts over the two days. That, that was it. It was just like, and I would only fish from like a spot nearby so I could, you know, keep near Hudson and, you know, make sure he wasn't being a dick. And he was good for the most part. Um, 
I did. I cooked my ass off, though, Sean. I cooked <laughs> my ass off. So we get there and we arrive at like about two or two thirty, and we're we're talking with the owner and he's showing us the property and stuff. And he's like, yeah, he's like, so he's got this big yurt. And when I say he's got a yurt, like he's installing a gourmet kitchen in here with like a Viking range. Like it's no, it's no, no bullshit. But then he has like a glamping site that has a set up canvas cabin. It's on a deck platform that's twice the size of the cabin. So you have like an awning that comes off that, that tent and you've got a couple Adirondack chairs right there at the water. You've got a, a grill set up right there, a propane grill all ready for you. There's a queen size bed in this cabin. Like it's legit. Ooh. And I think, I think we're going to dip uh queen beef's toe into the outdoor experience by utilizing this before i go buy a bunch of gear we're gonna go and try that out but it's pretty nice you know it was, it was a nice little setup so we get there you know we we take a look at the property we start setting some things up and i go and uh i still you know i i set up my rig where i'm gonna cook we we got some firewood uh started a fire got that going um because about this time like the, the the mosquitoes were pretty crazy once it got cool enough though it was nice once it got to about like the mid fifties, they were shut down. <clears throat> so we uh, we get out there and um, I start making the I start making dinner. What I made for dinner was a pasta dish with uh, hot Italian sausage, some braised kale, um, white beans, um, and uh, what else did I use in there? Oh, for the sauce, I used a little bit of uh, of white wine and lemon juice and. Uh, I used a shit ton of garlic, again, to help with the mosquitoes, like six cloves. For two people, that's a lot of garlic. So I make all of this. I cook it all down. And I'll tell you, were dude, you huh? Bob, Bobby, were, were you fucking cooking for Nelson? I could have been. The, the garlic? Jesus. I mean, we would have been proud. He would have been proud. Look, I like, I'm not I'm not against garlic. I like a little bit. I just have my limits. I love garlic. You know what I mean? It's never, never too much. So yeah. <laughs> I, 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 am camp, I am camp people's chorice when it comes to garlic. So we, uh, I make all this and I'll tell you like the star of the show, I, my wife had discovered that the, the company Barilla, they make a shelf stable cooked pasta. Hmm. And I'm like for camping, that sounds perfect. It's one less pot. You know what I mean? It's one less yep. thing I have to do. Um, but I was like, I want that pasta water, you know, like I want what, how am I going to work this out? What I did, and this is why I added the beans to the recipe. I drained like two thirds of the beans and I used like a third of that can of the liquid because I knew it was starchy and would bind everything together. And it worked like a charm. It works so well. Uh, added the pasta. It's like a little bit before al dente. So you do have to cook it, you know, down to get it to, to the, the right, you know, unless you're like. Unless you're like my wife, who likes to just cook it to death, so you don't even have to chew it. You know what I mean? Uh, There's no. But I'm yeah, like, yeah, that's mush. Slow your roll, woman. Slow your roll. So I, uh, I made this. It was out of this world. I, I am a little heavy-handed uh, with the cr uh, crushed red pepper. And uh, Becca was like, she's like, it's so fucking good, but it's so spicy. And I'm like, well, it is a spicy s sausage pasta, you know. And she's like, do you think this is hot? And I was like, no, not at all. And she's like, oh, my God. She's like, I'm fucking Portuguese. I should not be such a bitch. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh. Yeah. 
But uh, it was absolutely delicious. Um, Hudson, like I, I'm, a, I'm a terrible dog owner. I, I let I, I treat Hudson to uh, table scraps all the time. Uh, Eleanor's the same way. It just hey, it is what it is. You know, we don't live forever. Like you know, let's be fucking happy. Uh, so I he got to eat some of that, which he absolutely loved. Um, didn't love it while we were sleeping in the fucking truck, though. My God. Oh, uh, but I hey. Can't. It, it, that's the price you pay. I, he had to. He had. He had to pay the piper as well. You know, he had. He was in there <laughs> sleeping with this fucking fart face. I was. Yeah. So it was all good. I. Uh, I then. I. You know. I think I slept for like five hours. And what the fuck is that? My dogs are going crazy right now. Is that your fire alarm? There. there we have. We have one that's that's running low on battery, and it just fucking freaks the fuck out. So I, I took it down because these are the ones where you, you replace them. You don't change the batteries. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So so that's what it is. It's freaking the fuck out. And I'm waiting on the new one to show up because we just ordered them from Amazon, like a three-pack. And I'm like, yep. yeah, that's the – yeah, so they're fucking losing their mind. My daughter's probably like, what the fuck? Um, All right. Yeah. <laughs> a little excited always a party here at the morning. Roast Beef House. <laughs> so I uh, – you know, I mean, everything's going great. We're having ourselves a good time. Um, I, you know, we turn in. It gets dark pretty early now. So we just burned all the wood for the firewood, decided we turn in. Uh, and I go in the truck, take Hudson up there, and he he loved it. I set him up with a spot to sleep on the front seat, you know, on the uh, on the passenger seat where he rode up because I have this small, like, blanket. It's, it's all synthetic material. It's great. Like, shake it off and it's dry type thing. So I've used it as a rug. You know, and it's the thing's yep. fantastic. And I left that up there and I put him in there while I got into the back of the truck. And he was like, he was amazed. He's like, number one, who are you and where, why are you in the back of this vehicle? And how is it that there's a bed back there now? So I called him over. He crawled over the, the division between the front seat and the back seat, climbs over, and uh, he was out. Like he was just out immediately. I was on my phone for a little while. I talked to my youngest daughter. I talked to my oldest daughter. I called my wife. I called everybody. I'm surprised I didn't call you. Uh, <laughs> I was. I should have just Should've. started randomly calling fucking jigheads. And I'm like, yeah, I got. I'm like, I'm like, I'm just fucking hanging out, doing my thing. I I finally fall asleep. It was probably about ten thirty, and I woke up. Uh, I woke up to take a leak at like three thirty, I think, because my phone died. So I'm not 100% sure. So I was like, I'm going to just chill and, you know, try and go back to sleep. I didn't fall back to sleep. So I got up and it was just before five. I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to get up. I'm going to start the truck and get the defroster running and all that stuff. Because that's that's real life when you're truck camping. Like, you've got to deal with the condensation. Now, I have been using, I should say this. I don't know if I've ever talked about this. But when I'm truck camping, I use a product, um, two products, actually, from a company called Deep Sleep. Uh, Deep Sleep Overland makes um, primarily like their their main product is they make these inflatable hybrid mattresses. And I know I've talked about these before on the show. Wicked comfortable. Yep. They have some padding in there. They're self-inflating. They're like and, and actually I was really surprised this week how well they did with Hudson uh, and his crazy ass dog claws, you know, not puncturing anything like it, they held up really, really well. So that's it. That's a good sign from them. Um, super comfortable, love them. But the other thing from Deep Sleep that I use are these screens that go over my my passenger, my back seat, my my rear doors. I pull them over, and then I can drop the windows, so it gives me basically a bug free environment that allows for ventilation. Um, 
And there is now one that they have that's got a string of magnets that go across the back. And I can put it over my rear window and put that window down to increase even more ventilation. Um, that especially that maybe in the summer might be I, like the perfect situation. Um, so anyway, I get up, I get my defrosters going and I decided to brew a pot of coffee. Uh, I had done a Jack and Jill just a week prior and I had won a prize. I think I talked about this on the show. It was three cans of uh, whole bean monsoon, uh, locally roasted monsoon coffee. Um, and one of these cans was my favorite variety called Liquid Sunshine. And I love, I oh God, I love Liquid Sunshine. It's so good. It's bright. It's a light roast. It's got some fruity kind of elements in there. And it's like, if, you li- if you're like me, you like drinking black coffee, this has so much personality and flavor. It is wild. But the other thing that was in there was a coffee grinder. Like one of these small, not a uh, like a, a high quality burr grinder or anything like that. This was just a simple, like a, a spice or a coffee grinder. Um, and I have an outlet in the back of my truck. That's available. I, I charge my Nakwa batteries on there all the time. So I was like, we'll give this a shot. Power up that outlet while the truck's going. Fill this sucker full of beans. And I realized something. That is the bougiest thing I have that I bring camping with me. <laughs> it, it 100% is. That, is. that is the accessory. And it makes a difference. So I ended up brewing two pots of coffee. I killed one on my own. Um, Becca still passed out in, in her truck with Sky. Hudson's up with me. I'm drinking coffee, and I, I started. Um, I had a little bit of a dilemma with my stove. I again, I went and I started it, and it was all good. I put it out, but when I went to actually go and cook, like 30 minutes later, I couldn't get it to start. So I got to figure out what it is that I'm doing wrong. And this is the stove with the the, the white gas stove. Uh, mm-hmm. I I am going to be getting the uh, adjustment arm to upgrade it so I can switch it back and forth to propane. So this would be a, a good thing for a lot of reasons because it's an alternative fuel. I don't have to pump it up to keep pressure in it, um, but that white gas will last forever. You know, it'll be that'll it'll be that's that's like if I can figure that out and dial it in, I think I'll be in business. So what I ended up doing was I as as another backup, I could have cooked on the campfire. I had that I brought that grill with me so I could put that over the fire. I could have done this over the campfire, but I wanted to f- cook a little bit higher up, not on the ground. You know. Uh, so, yep. so what I did was I just took a couple of sterno cans and I put them inside my stove and I fired those up and it, it worked great. It was absolutely awesome. In fact, when I just wanted to keep it warm, like when I was making breakfast that next day, I just took one of those sterno cans and moved it away, extinguished it and let the one sit there and it just kept, kept it warm. So I, this is wild. The breakfast out of this world. My go-to camp breakfast now is uh, breakfast tacos. You basically make this giant scramble, cook it all together, cover it with cheese, and then move it off the flame, and then start cooking your tortillas. Becca has a dairy allergy, a severe dairy allergy, too. Like, it's not like a, oh, it gives me the toots. No, this is, like, fucking bad. So... She in her videos, and you hear her say it all the time. She like like she has to excuse the fact that she's using like uh, dairy free products and stuff. And and uh, most of these products that are dairy free are gonna carry the term vegan. She's like, I'm not vegan, guys. Blah blah blah. I had to buy vegan cheese, dude. I had to. What brand? Um, the uh, Daea. Yeah, it's made from yeah, chickpeas, right? Let me let me tell you a horror story. I, when I was figuring out my allergy, fucking stomach issues, all that shit. Yep. Um, 
I had a doctor recommend like process of elimination. So I eliminated dairy for a little while and I made everything out of the diet of cheese. Yeah. And it was fucking awful. It was so bad. I don't know if it's improved in the last 10 years, but it was horrible way back. Oh, Jesus. That was what? 2000, 2008, 2009, 2010, somewhere around there. So I've had other like dairy free products and stuff like that. Like, and I thought this uh, Diaya was the best I've have come across. So maybe they made improvements. They, since they I was may have like choking it down. It, it melted, and that's a giant accomplishment. Like it melted. If you <laughs> actually, I checked. I I posted a video on uh, yesterday on Instagram and on TikTok, just kind of going over the whole weekend. And like, I mean, you know, Becca's like, she doesn't expect anything. And there's a spot where she grabs a piece of cheese off the top. She's like, look at that cheese pole. And it's literally like a grain of rice that just comes off. It's made from fucking garbanzo beans. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, it's not, you're never going to get it exact. But flavor was fine, you know? And in a taco like that, where everything's getting put into a shell, not a problem. So, you know, I get up and I I decide I'm going to start, start cooking. And I'm like, I'm going to wait until... Oh, what time did I wait until? I think it was like 5.30. I started I started cooking, and uh, I start, you know, and, and so my breakfast tacos are basically, I like to carry uh, these, these diced canned potatoes because mm-hmm. they cook faster than a raw potato, and they also, like, they're, they're shelf-stable. Primarily, that's the thing. So I have a like I have a pantry box of just random food items. It's like a like you know it that I keep in my truck. But these are all things that are shelf stable that I can use while camping. A lot of charcuterie goes in here, um, so that you know even if I'm out and I'm like, oh yeah, we're fishing or something, I want to put out a little spread. Grab my cutting board, start slicing up some set, start putting out you know some some tinned fish, you know stuff like that. Uh, maybe maybe some sardines if you will, Adam Blomicky. Uh <laughs> so I, I start cooking. It gets to be, uh, you know, I, I, I take everything off the fire. I add the cheese, and I basically do that with that one sterno can. I let it stay warm. I wrap some tin foil over the top just to kind of keep it and leave it. And I'm waiting on Becca, and I'm going to use my my other stove, the one that I use for when I make coffee, the isobutane one. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm just going to heat up a pan. I'm going to do a bunch of tortillas. We'll be good to go. Uh, Got to go corn tortilla. White corn tortilla on a breakfast taco is ridiculous. Out of this world. I was much less heavy handed with the spice in this recipe. And I, I think it was much appreciated. I think she needed a, a break. Um, it was just, we had, we had a good time. It was a whole lot of fun. Uh, Sky had some uh, digestive issues that had Becca a little bit concerned and she had quite a bit more trip to go. So she's like, I'm going to take her and see how it goes. But I go, I got to really kind of keep an eye on her over the next, you know, 12 hours or so to figure out, are we going to wrap this trip short and I'm going to come home or what are we going to do? And uh, it ended up working out great for everybody. Um, she w- took off. I cleaned up camp and then hit the road. Uh, I was actually about an hour early uh, than when I needed to check out. I could have, you know, lazed around a little bit. Hudson just had a blast. Like I had him off leash for a little while and he was just like, he was so good. Um, absolutely loved it. He, he did get to see a bass for his first time. He's never seen a fish before. And he's going to be all over Becca's video because I think that if Sky wouldn't have been so offended by it, I have a feeling that Hudson would have slept in Becca's truck. I have a feeling, a strong feeling. I think I think Hudson and and and, and Becca are, are homies for life. 
Nice. And so there's two conversations that came around this out of the campfire, Sean, that I think I'm just going to throw them at you and see what you think. If you're, if you're down. First off, it's tourney related. Okay. What if we do an ice tournament? They can at least bounce it around. I would love to. The yeah. problem is the inconsistency that we've yeah. had up here for years. And that's, that's what we that's talked about. We're like, fuck, you know, because that makes it kind of crazy. Like, she's like, she's like, it would be cool if you guys did like, like even just a weekend or something like that. Like, that's when it was. And I'm like, I'm not 100% sure. Like, we're going to have to see what happens. Although, in theory, this should be a pretty cold winter. Should be. But then there's other, <clears throat> there's other things, you know, that we've talked about that I've had reluctance about doing in-person tournaments with with logistics that oh yeah um especially with something as dangerous as ice i i would that be very would, reluctant. i brought that up i was like yeah i'm like it would be so fucking cool but i'm like you know remote tournaments are one thing that people yeah. are doing what you know we're gathering at a certain spot that's an event if something happens yeah we're not insured i would like uh, I, I would i would think it would be great if we could do a remote but like at the mm -hmm. same thing at the same time, like, I, I suppose we would just have to run a disclaimer and be like, don't be an idiot. If there's no safe ice, go somewhere at where there is or don't you know, enter. You know, I mean, I'm not sure. It's tough. It's it's really yeah, it's a tough and I think it's a tough thing. But I was I was like, do it shorter, like carve out a date and, and figure it out. Or and she's like, what if you did it as a monthly? Like, just try the month of February and then. If people can do it, then cool, you know, because then they can get out when they can get out and it's not, you know, we did. We remember we did the three monthly one in uh chronic trips and, and we, right. all, we got very small turnout. Yeah. It was only four or five people would consistently do it. Yeah. So did we even get that many? I know. I think there was one. We had three. It was Nelson, yeah. Nate, uh, Nate Shagnon and somebody else did it. Yeah. Nate, Nate's buddy, John. And that was it. Oh, Okay. So the turnout just wasn't there. Yeah. That was what, three, two, three, two years ago. Oh, yeah. Two yeah, years it was ago? before the, it, it must have been before the 100th episode, I'll bet you. Yeah. Yeah. I'd have to look, but that was, I think that's when we were using either uh, Fish Donkey. <clears throat> fish, Fish Donkey, or do we ever use Tourney X? I can't remember. I don't remember. think we ever did. No, I think it was Fish Donkey we yeah. were using, but yeah, we just, we had no turnout. So, yeah. And it is. It's all going to depend. Uh, a lot of it is dependent on like how 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 much safe ice is is out there. Are people going to want to enter this? And you know, I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to play around with it. the the other thing is this. And I mentioned this. I'm going to put it together. I was thinking about doing a uh, friendsgiving campout, like upstate New York, uh, not upstate New York, like New Hampshire, something like that. Um, Get a couple of people together. Everybody just does like a little potluck. We get together, camp a night, maybe two, and then just go about our business. So where are you thinking? Using like the I think the issue with that is camping season's done and not a lot of people have cold weather camping it, gear. It would be and no and it would be that's what I'm saying. It would hundred percent be one of these things where it's dispersed camping, you know, and it would be you gotta fucking bring your shit. You know, you gotta yeah. you gotta figure it out. You know, <clears throat> just something. I think the idea there. is there. I think the logistics on that one. Yeah. We need some rounding. And, it, and I'm not talking about like 25, 30 people. Like I, I was telling Becca, I said, "What do you think about doing this?" I was like, "Myself and her, uh, Todd. You know, all of all of which camp in the colder months." Um, yep. 
you know, I'm like, and then from there, I was like, I'll throw the uh, the invite to Joe and Sean and see what they're thinking, you know. But, like, dispersed camping can be fucking wild. It, the cool thing is that Becca has a, a good little database of her own of pretty fucking cool spots that, from a content side, are amazing. Like, throw a drone in the air while everybody's cooking and, like, figuring this this shit out. I've been told that she's got uh, a, a product um, deal coming where um, she needs to produce a video. I was like, I have a great idea how you could do this. And it just won't line up timeline-wise for her. But I'm like, fuck, if you want to get in extra with this company, I got a good way for you to fucking do it. Um, <laughs> so it's just fucking awesome. I also got to say this before I wrap up my week. Becca is just a few short weeks away from one of the biggest announcements on her channel. And it involves a, a, a new a new camping rig, um, which is going to involve a lot more. Like, she'll be traveling and doing some expos and stuff and things like that. But this thing is fucking amazing. And just the, like, it's going to be wild. It's going to change everything for her content. And it's fucking just badass. So keep an eye out for that. It is it is an unbelievable piece of equipment that she has somehow managed to create this amazing partnership with that it'll fucking blow your mind. It'll blow your mind. Um, cool. That that does it for me. How I turn that into 40 minutes of fucking conversation, I don't know. Uh, but here we are. Because <laughs> you're, you're a professional. That's how. Uh, yeah. All right. No fish this My- weekend. Yeah, my week. My week started the week prior. I had something interesting happen that I want to bring up. I, I, I don't think I've ever seen this. So this is what keeping records would do. You see some weird shit. This has nothing to do with anything. But when you and I went up to the mountains last week, yep, and um, we started early. I got twelve fish that day combined. Yeah, different species. Yep. The next the next time I went out by myself in a rainstorm, I got twelve fish. When we went to the place where you caught the crappie, we both caught a billion bluegill. I caught 12 bluegill and f- looks like four bass. Yeah, four bass. Then my my big day, I went out and caught 12 fish, and that's where it kind of stopped. But so 12 was like kind of lingering around. It like doesn't, a magic number. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, it was weird. It was a weird magic number for four days in a row out fishing. But to get back to where we started, so you and I got out on a small pond, Um relatively i mean i i'm not going to say urban but it's on a main road mm-hmm. it's got some industry around it um there are trout that are thrown in there to my understanding throughout the you know throughout the year i think it's a a, a spring and fall stocking lake there's plenty of fish in there um i have pulled a big fish out of there at one point i i want to say it was at near around 6 pounds big fish um big largemouth yep so they're in there. They are difficult to catch, but they're in there. And I needed to get a hold of a crappie. I had I had to get a hold of a crappie, a bullhead, catfish, or a um, a walleye, mm-hmm. preferably all three before the before the week ended. And my walleye spot. I have one spot I can consistently catch walleye at in Western Massachusetts, and yep. it is flooded the fuck out. I will probably not be able to touch that until next year. Yeah, like it is bad. Um. Bullhead, I don't night fish a lot anymore, so that's kind of off the table. I, I don't, I, I mean, the occasional bullhead hit a lure, but it's not consistent. No, I mean, it's, it's not. You yeah. learned, yeah, you learned what a couple weeks ago. Yep. And 
so I said, well, I'll focus on the crappie. Now, at this point, I was one point behind Tim Behan. Tim had gone to mm-hmm. 10 points in the tournament. I was at nine, and I had the tiebreaker. So all I had to do was tie him, and I was technically in first place. What I didn't know while you and I were out on the water with me flailing around miserably for a crappie um, was that Tim caught a carp and put himself two points over, and that was the end of that. Yeah. Because uh, there's, you know, again, carp. I'm about as consistent with carp these days as I am with uh, – Bullhead. Yeah, bullhead on lures, catfish on lures. So when I got home and saw that, I said, okay, I'm going to shift gears here. What, what do we got going on? Now, I'm going to divulge a little something. I'm not going to get a lot, get into a lot of detail here. Mm-hmm. And when I got back into fishing regularly after my little hiatus, my little mental health hiatus this summer, I was reached out to by um, a couple friends who do a small offline monthly mm-hmm. just for themselves. And we're all, you know, it's a big supportive thing. It's positive. And they said, would you like in? And these are a lot of people I trust and it's not a big number. So it's not big money. This is just more, this Friendly. is your, this is your, this is your, you know, this is your weekly poker game Yep, at home. You know what I mean? You're not, <clears throat> you're not spending thousands of dollars. It's nothing. We do a little monthly best three fish and I said, well, best three bass. And I said, well, I'll just kind of shift gears into that because I wasn't, I was doing okay, but I wasn't great. Yeah. I had a couple of, uh, I had a couple 18 inch fish in there and then I think a 16. So I wasn't, I wasn't bad, but I said, I'll shift gears and go into that. And now again, I'm starting, as we talked about last year, uh, last week's just a tip. I'm exploring a lot of bodies of water that I haven't touched for two or three years. A lot of ones that were my favorite for a decade and I haven't touched them. Yeah. Um, I went up to the Berkshires. I went to one of my favorite hidey holes of the past. And this place has a propensity to hit a bass jig. A lot of fish in here will go after a, a good-sized bass jig. And I didn't feel like it was a bass jig day, but I said, well, I know that the history is here. Let's try it. Mm-hmm. And I want to kind of go through what happened with this day because this was this turned into one of the most amazing how long did I fish? Four hours? Five, uh, not even, four and a half hours. This turned into one of the most amazing four and a half hour stretches. So all I threw was a bass jig. Mm-hmm. All right. And I went through this list with you, but this was nothing short of amazing. I caught 12 fish. Again, this is one of the 12 days. Mm-hmm. So a 21, a 21 inch pickerel, 18 and a quarter inch bass, largemouth, 19 inch largemouth, 19 inch largemouth, 20 inch pickerel. 20 and a half inch largemouth that looked like it ate a fucking shoe, one of Andre the Giant's shoe. That thing was disgusting. That was a slob fish. I think that's my biggest of the year. 19 and three quarters pickerel, 18 inch pickerel, 17 and uh, three quarters inch bass, 17 and a quarter inch bass. That was my smallest fish of the day. That's insane. 19 inch pickerel, 18 inch pickerel. So I caught 12 fish. All of them were over 17 and a quarter. And here's the best part. Every one of those fish was in under three feet of water, and there's no cover. It was all rocks. It was great. No shit. I, I'm guessing they were in there eating crawdads. Is my my best guess, which makes sense why they were chomping a jig too. They smoked it. So this was amazing. So with that day, I moved into first in my little monthly with my buddies, and um, ended up holding on to that. Um, second place was close. Uh, but that was uh, that was a fantastic day, and when 
this is a great little, you know what? I'll save that for the tip, but I did go back there. So I got just, did you have a just a tip today? Not this week. Good. I'll take care of that. Perfect. Um, I did go back there in the downpour and it was not, it wasn't the same. Um, after that, I revisited because yesterday started the brand new with all the new rules, all the fixings and the new coat of paint, the yep. new jigs and bigs. Nationwide multi-species scavenger hunt started yesterday. I went out to one of my favorite multi-species body waters, and um, I, I didn't do too well. I mean, I caught fish, but, it, you know, wasn't great. I caught a big pickerel. Actually, I caught two big pickerel. I did get a perch. I got an undersized rock bass. I got a bluegill so I, and a couple small largemouth. So mm -hmm. I put up four points, but I don't really feel proud of what I did. I was actually out there hoping to get a trout or two. And what I ended up seeing on the water was the trout were all on the surface sucking down some sort of insect hatch. There was some sort mm. of something that looked like flying ants of some sort and they were everywhere and the trout were eating them like, well, like me on the couch eating Cheetos, just one go. after the other, you know, and they wouldn't, they wouldn't touch anything else. So I did what I could. Um, it's a long, you know, we got a, we got a long munch, long, long munch, long month. Got 31 days in this one. Yep. Two are down and and you know, get on them. It's all good. Um, besides that, really, I've been doing a little more modifying of the boats. I came up with a, a, a better system, I think, of what I want to bring on the water. I had mentioned this before we started recording that I yep. reorganized my tackle again. So I'm now down to bringing four 3,700 boxes and a plastic container which i will review in uh gear of the week this yep. week um i am i am my goal with fishing is to be as lean and light and flexible as possible i don't think i can get away from the seven rods at this point i i know what i'm doing with that yeah but as far as tackle man did i cut down i went through i, I eliminated you know i had six boxes now i have four i eliminated i got rid of stuff like spinner baits i'm not even carrying spinner baits anymore they're not worth me catching one fish that's 14 inches every two years. It's just, it doesn't work for me. I, I've really moved on to chatterbaits and it's weird because like spinnerbaits were such a, a key component of my night fishing, you know, in the past decade. And then growing up, throwing a spinnerbait in a river, you, you, you just did that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. <laughs> um, so that's kind of funky, but uh, looking forward for this week, I think I have one or two days I can get out while the kids are at school. Um, my buddies and I have our yearly camping trip planned, but I don't know how that's going to go. We are supposed to get absolutely downpoured on again yep. this weekend. Um, and then next, the weekend after that, I think I'll, I have a little trip plan that I'll be, um, I'll be doing some very, very bizarre multi-species fishing at a place I've never fished before. That's a renowned fishery. So we'll talk about that in a couple of weeks, but nice. that was pretty much my week. It's uh, It's been busy with, you know, soccer. And now that, you know, both of my boys are, Working on the weekends, um, I am a I am a taxi driver. I mean, just every day of the week. Oh yeah, I'm just driving. I'm driving somebody to or from work or to or from school. I cannot wait for my oldest to get his license, which uh, is much more complex task than you know when we were kids, which you know with with your oldest, mm -hmm. it is a pain in the ass. So, um, I'm working it, man. I'm I'm grinding. I'm doing what I can. Fucking a. And I'm hoping, uh, if you guys notice, the uh, the new Jigs and Bigs tournament, if you have not looked at the rules, 
We allow any body of water now, as long as you are legally allowed yep. to fish it. Yep. I don't care if you got a buddy's pond who's got bass in it, go ahead. Because length is great for a tiebreaker, but species. Now, I thought about this the other day because I, I, when I went out yesterday, I caught a bass, a pickerel, mm-hmm. a perch, and a bluegill, right? So that's yep. four species. Yeah. And I thought about this and I'm like, wow, I drove all the way up here for this shit and the opportunity to go at some trout when I could have just stayed at my house where I have a pond in my backyard. Now, yeah. for anybody who's skeptical about this and says, well, Sean set it up so that he can fish his backyard. You're goddamn right I did. Because really, when it comes down to it. You're goddamn right I did. <laughs> yeah, well, I did. I don't want to fight. I have a back. I've, I've been miserable for the past three years. Yeah. Because I have a pond in my backyard that I can't fish for any tournaments. Right? Yeah. Now. With this tournament, how is this pond going to affect anything? It's going to save me money on gas. That's it. Because yeah. I could have caught the same species in my pond that I did yesterday. Exactly. Without there being a lunker for any of those species, yeah. who gives a shit? You know, as it long as matter. you check those species boxes, you're good to go. Let me tell you something, folks. Right now, As of right now, if I were to fish every day in my pond, yep. every day, and put out lunkers of every species... I've already lost the Jerry House. Yeah. <laughs> I've already lost. He's he's got five points on the board. I've already lost. Yeah. So if I my pond has pickerel and largemouth, there's two. My pond has crappie, perch, and bluegills. That's five. Yeah. All right. You'd be limited then, to that. And I, I am I am unaware if I have catfish in the pond. I don't yeah. know. I don't know if there's bullheads in there. I've never seen them. Usually you can see them breeding at some point or another during the summer. I've never seen it. Yeah. Now I'm, one of my neighbors said. Years ago, she may or may not have thrown a fucking couple of giant channel cats in there, but I've never seen it. Yeah. And I don't have that big of a pond. I don't know if they can survive in it. So so if I get five points out of that, all I'm doing is saving gas. There's when when I ran this idea by you, because you know, it's our tournament, it's yeah. got Jigs and Big's name on it. This is a me and you production. I said, I want to do this. And I don't know of any private pond in the US that has 22 species of fish in it. No. Nobody's going to win on their private pond. You're going to save yeah. yourself some gas if you can, or, or you're going to enjoy your fishing because it's a place you might fish already. Yep. But nobody's going to win based on a private pond. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to stand fucking by that. Yeah. You you're you're going to have to vary your water eventually, you know? Yeah. Or you're just going to fucking grind. Like, I'll, I'll be honest with you. So I'll give you an example. Like, I know that there is a... Uh, like there, there are a, a wide, diverse amount of species. This one pond that I hit often because it's again saving gas. It's closest to me, right? Um, and it's got a wide variety of, of species in there. I'm talking about Nashawanic. Um, yep. I like. I know that there are species that I go there and I target when we're doing this. But I also realized, like, I've only caught so many of them. So, like, I'm not going to Nashawanic for rock bass. I've caught one. I don't know what the population is really like there, you know? And I've fished there a ton. Like, there are so many bass in this pond. There are so many. It it gets stocked with trout. Um, I see the occasional bowfin once in a while in there. I've only caught one. And, you know, I mean, I know that people aren't pulling them out left and right. Pickerel? I've caught two pickerel there. Chrissy's caught a third. I'm not targeting those fish there. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're going to have to sh- change it up. Yeah. You know? Exactly. So, yeah, I, I don't I don't mind 
if people want to use private ponds. There's yeah. no reason not to. And again, the lunker is only a tiebreaker. The, the lunker, it's not even a lunker. Yeah. It's total combined it's length is a, yeah. is a tiebreaker. So even if you, again, even if I caught maximum length fish, let's say I caught a state pin, which I can't turn in because it's a private pond. But let's yeah. say, let's say I'm at my pond and I catch a state pin size fish, right? So that'd be a 21 inch bass, a 25 inch pickerel. So that's 46 inches, right? What's a state pin perch? 14? Something like that. I got to do math now. So 46 plus 14 is 60, right? So that's 60 yep. inches. And then a state pin bluegill, I believe, is 10. So that's 70. And a state pin crappie is 14 or 15. Let's, we'll, so let's go low. We'll, say we'll give it 14. Right? Yeah, 84, 84 inches total. 84 inches in this tournament is fucking laughable. Yeah. Laughable. Yeah. Last month. And now we had an any five last month, and it was the last month. Oh, by the way, we should say RIP to the any five. Yeah, we should. It caused it caused a lot of joy, and it caused a lot of confusion. It caused a lot of anger, but yeah, and a lot of additional five. work for no real reason. Yeah, if you take off the hundred and twenty inches I had on the any five yep. last last month, now I finished second, but I did have the the, the highest length total. Mm-hmm. I had two hundred and thirty inches, so. It's a hundred. I had a hundred and ten. We'll say hundred and ten inches without the any five. So I just said I have eighty four, right? Yep. I can fish my private pond as much as I want. It's not going to fucking do shit. No, it's not shit. The numbers just aren't there to support that argument. That it's you know, and especially since I already got all the species that are. Mm -hmm. I got what bluegill perch. There's two of them. Pickerel largemouth. Good. Maybe I can finally get a crappie. There's one point. Yeah. And it's, I, I will say that like, it is a nice convenience because yeah, if you're, if you're grinding it out, looking for a crappie and you're just like, I gotta, I gotta get a crappie this month. You know, it is nice to just drop your yak or just do it from your dock and fish right there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like that way. Yeah. You can take, yeah. I put an hour two hours in every day trying to find a crappie, you know, versus going to whatever body of water and having to hunt for them there. Let me let me describe my pond a little bit. So I, I left part of my mental health adventure this summer was leaving my Lake Association board. I dropped off of it because yep. it was a source of stress for me because as an angler and- it, It's a board. Half, <laughs> yeah, half-ass environmentalist. Um, seeing what is in this pond and how it's managed was driving me insane. Yeah. And it just, there's no cover. There's no plant life. There's no cover. There's nothing. Yeah. It's there's just some, there's some trees in there, but then everybody freaks out and says, we don't want the trees in there. That's going to make weeds, which I guess that's alchemy, but whatever. We'll just roll with that. It's, and, and I kind of laugh because with no cover, the fish in the pond behave very, very differently than most places. Because if you have cover, the fish are going to feel comfortable you know, going after, after bait, feeding, mm-hmm. this, that, and the other thing. I like I've had some good days on the pond where there's very, you know, the first day I used a Ned rig on the pond, the fish never saw it before I caught between me and my son. We caught like 40 or 50 fish. Yep. None of them were very big. Most of the time, your average run in the mill day on my pond, I, I laugh because I say the, the pond is always good for two fish. It's always good for a 12 inch bass and it's always good for like a 15 inch bass, maybe yeah. bigger. That's it. Like it's really, really, really tough to, to target things in the pond, but I guess I can try now and see what's in yeah. there. Like maybe, maybe I'll throw a line out and see if there's catfish around. I don't know, but maybe this winter you throw your Christmas tree. 
by your dock and get your crappie that way. Well, me, uh, no, because that's not going to fly. You're not supposed to throw anything in there. There's, yeah, this pond also has some historical value and there's anything goes in or out has to deal with the town, even if it's a Christmas tree. Gotcha. Which is stupid. But again, I left because I dropped this stress. Yeah, exactly. That's, um, yeah. That's, uh, that's all I have for my week. You want to talk some tourney stuff before we uh, yeah. before we take a break? Let's discuss tourney stuff. I mean, we kind of already touched on the fact that uh, October tournament is live. It's happening. And if you're not currently you know, a member of it, you're not currently signed up and registered, you have until the end of this week to do so. Yep. You have you to, know? well, a little bit longer. You have the, well, no, 8th. So what, what day is the 8th? Uh, I think it's Sunday. Is it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah it is. All right. It's you Sunday. got till Sunday. Yeah, you got till yep. Sunday, and- so. And remember, everyone, before you get intimidated by these numbers of fish that are already popping up, it's just catch fish. Yeah, that's the beauty of it. Catch different species of fish. Mm-hmm. It's not a, it's not a lunker tournament where somebody's out of the gate, blown everything up with you know, three gigantic bass and fucking five pike and yep. you know we're good. Yep, get out there and fish. This is a um, true scavenger hunt this month and it going really forward. Is. Yeah, a true scavenger it, hunt. We and we like it. So um, I just want to talk about who's who's got points in already so mm-hmm. we're we're on day two of this right now i want to i also want to make a little um a note here so i'm going to read the scores not as they are off the scoreboard but as i know them we are having an issue and this has been a year-long thing uh fishing chaos has been good to correct it and i'm sending an email an email um as soon as we're done recording uh a couple of the species leaderboards have are not computing even though i did everything on my end it's just they're not seeing them so um the scores, as you look at them, probably until midweek, might be off a little bit. Mm-hmm. You can look through all the leaderboards and see who's got what um, and roll from there. But six people have turned fish in. Mm-hmm. You got Richard Rick Olbris has one point. Tim Bean, September's winner. We'll talk about yep. that in a minute. Yep. Two points. Nathan Grant, two points. Patrick Martin, three points. Me, four points. Jerry Multi House making his triumphant return to the Jigs and Big series. Good to have you, Jerry. Now here's where it's funky. Jerry called me yesterday. It says four points. He has five. So just wait on that, folks. Yeah. We're, we're working. It'll get we're working fixed. behind. We're we're working behind the scenes. We're good. Um. Yeah, jump in, please. We love to see you. We love yeah. to see you compete. This is fun. It's light competition. You're not going to quit your job after winning this, but you know it is fun. Be a part of um, it. Um. Yeah. Now, Bobby, I said I was going to leave a couple things hanging there. I should have probably made a note. What was I going to say about this? Say about what? Well, I don't know. Was it the tournament? <laughs> a fucking hippie. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure. I'm assuming it was the tournament because we're 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 in it. Uh, we're, yeah, we're having that conversation. Whatever. And I I know I know we're going to talk about the cube later. There was yep. something else I wanted to say. We're going to do the yeah, raffles, whatever. the raffle winners. We are going to do that. Yeah, whatever. I'll remember it two hours from now. I'll go, son of a bitch. I forgot. Whatever. Sorry, guys. Leaving a loose end this week. But as far as September goes, um, payouts have already been done for the four winners. So congrats to everyone. Sweet. Um, we had, we actually had, and this is going to, well, I guess this is where length probably will play a little bit, you know, of importance in these tournaments. Mm-hmm. So September, this is the first month we've gone to the one point per species, no lunker, and then length is the tiebreaker. We had Nathan Grant finish in fourth place, nine points. 
We had Nelson finish in third place, nine points. We had myself finish in second place with nine points. Yep. And then Tim Behan, congrats, Tim. You took 11 points for first place. Now, as far as the tiebreakers went, um, I had the most length in the tournament with 242. Nelson was third with 214, so that separated second and third right there. And yep. Nathan had 202. Again, that was with an any five. That's five fish that are probably going to be yeah. in the neighborhood of 20 inches. Yep. You're going to subtract that. I mean, hell, my my any five was 118. I had a massive pike and pickerel month last month. So that's gone now. Rest in peace, any five. We are good to go. Going forward, nice and simple. Beginners jump in on this. It's a lot of fun. You're just going to go out and you're going to try and catch fish. Don't care if you use bait. Don't care if you use lures. Please stay within the, the legal uh, rules of your state province or whatever the fuck you're at city state city state nation yep um you can go from the shore you can go from a boat again stay legal and you can fish anywhere you want as long as you can legally do so and it's in the rules so yeah that's all i got let's uh you ready to do a little raffle here let's fucking give some shit away some prizes all right so all right, i'm gonna go Oh, good. I just want to go over it because there's some of this stuff that we haven't done before. I just want to make sure. So we're, we're choosing a total of seven winners. I'm going to do yep. them all at once, and then I'll just give you the names. Um, okay. Do we want to allow people to uh, win multiple times? No. No? All right. Nope. Cool. Nope. You, we you want to spread, spread this around. Again, all of our winners for these, uh, for these giveaways are people who were in the tournament but did not finish in the money. We're not letting anybody who finished in the money get anything. Um. <clears throat> I'm ready when you are, boss. I am as well. And I have the uh, appropriate sound effect to celebrate uh, each win. Uh, so Perfect. Perfect. What's, what's the first prize? We're going to go alphabetically. I as love do that. Not, as do not slander any sponsors by or any partners by, by uh, you know, putting somebody first or somebody last. Yeah. None yeah. of that shit. All right. For a custom painted lure from A Bay Lure Lab. Oh, yes. Our friends up there. Who do we got? We got Dwayne W. Oh. <laughs> Excellent, Dwayne. Nice job. Custom painted lure. And I'll tell you what, you're getting uh, one hell of a piece of equipment right there. It's going to be good. What about our second prize? Second prize is Fresh Baits Sampler Pack. Oh, the Fresh Baits Sampler oh. Pack. The doll. <laughs> Which is funny. Because you predicted that Vidal would once again win a, a set of Torres sunglasses. Torres sunglasses. He's, got, he's got fucking, like what, six sets of eyes like a spider? Just fucking fire those things on there. I love it. All right. Next prize. Next up. H I J. I gotta, I gotta go alphabetically. Uh, next prize is the Jigs and Bigs Torres sunglasses. Torres Vidal sun fucking barely escaped. Those are Steve G. Oh. <laughs> All right, Steve Galloway. So I'm. I didn't put all the last names because we were quick about this. So yeah, oh, that's yeah. why you guys are getting <laughs> getting abbreviations. <laughs> all right, next up, three lures from Klondike Custom Bakes. Uh, I will contact the uh, contact the person with what we have left. Again, they've been whittled down. Matt gave me a fucking shit ton of them to give away, and uh, yep. here we go. I love it. We got Steve G. Oh. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Nate G. Nate G, Nate G is the winner there. I got to scroll this. That up. is uh, Nathan Grant. Nathan Grant. Beautiful. 
What about this next oh. prize? <laughs> next up is... <laughs> You still got to make that a trivia buzzer. You got to do it. I know. Um, the uh, the power bank and gooseneck light set from Nakwa. That's going to Cheryl Bentley. Oh. <laughs> Congrats, Cheryl. All right. Next up, we have a gift card and a hat from Nor'easter Hardcore Fishing Apparel. Oh, I couldn't go to a better guy. Chris Mellowship. Oh. <laughs> Nice. And finally, we have a bait caster or a spinning combo setup. I uh, set up, man. Rod sleeve yes. from Sarah P's Saxon Sleeves. Who we got? Sarah P's Saxon Sleeves can ship that uh, rod sleeve to Binya. Oh. All right. Congrats to all our winners. And we have the same giveaways for next month. Um, for this month, excuse oh, me. Oh, oh, so that's right. No, there's a Dark Horse $25 gift card to give out. And I'm a piece of shit on that. Yes. So you know what we're going to do? We're just going to fucking do this. I'm going to go right back to Riffle Raffle. I'm going to close out those results. Right? And uh, yep. unfortunately, we're going to have to allow um, multiple winners for this one. Cool. All right. Dark Horse gets it. And apologies and thank you. Dark Horse for being on our <laughs> on our ass and and telling us what for because we're idiots. One, let's go ahead and do it. I view results, clear winners. There we go. Boom. We got Dark Horse goes to Steve Galloway. Steve Galloway. Steve Galloway. All right, I oh. love it. Oh. <laughs> My God. My God. Um, I think we're just going to go ahead and uh, take a short break, guys. Uh, I will be back shortly. I'm going to rip a smoke detector off of my ceiling and throw it across <laughs> the fucking street because my my daughter cannot reach it. <laughs> hey, whatever. All right, bye. Hey, you. Yeah, you. The one with the impeccable taste in fishing podcasts. Bobby Roast Beef here with a little call to action for all Jigs and Bigs listeners. We're opening up our hotline to you. Now you can call us to sound off about almost anything at 413-324-8519. Want to submit someone for our FTG segment? Call us at 413-324-8519. Care to maybe suggest a topic for just the tip or bait of the week? Call us at 413-324-8519. Maybe you just want to give us or anyone else a little shout out on the show, or you want to suggest a guest for the beef seat. You guessed it. Call us at 413-324-8519. The Jigs and Bigs hotline is there for you to leave a message with us 24-7. Just call 413-324-8519. Also, you can check that number in the notes of this podcast. Thank you. 
Jigs and Bigs wants to take a moment to say thank you to our partners for helping us continue to push the limits of our fishing adventures and bring you amazing long-form content. We're excited to offer Jigs and Bigs listeners a 15% off savings on your first installment of a month-to-month subscription to Dark Horse Tackle. Dark Horse Tackle provides a monthly supply of small batch, craft, and custom lures, allowing anglers to try some otherwise tough-to-discover baits. This is stuff you're not going to find just anywhere, and Dark Horse Tackle does the hard part for you. They track down these small companies and then test the baits to determine if they're good enough for the DHT community. Subscribe now at DarkHorseTackle.com and use the promo code JIGSANDBIGS15 for your 15% off savings now. For all your premium kayak needs, we partner with Three Bells Outfitters. Located along Smith Cove in Niantic, Connecticut, Three Bells is your go-to location for kayaks and accessories by Hobie, Native, Bonafide, Jackson, Yak Attack, Nakwa, Boondocks, Burley Pro, and much, much more. Financing and options are available to upgrade your kayak fishing experience. White Glove Delivery Service is also available. Visit threebellsoutfitters.com for more info and don't forget to tell them that Jigs and Bigs sent you. When it comes to high-quality polarized sunglasses, we've partnered with Torej. They provide stylish sunglasses in a variety of frames that are light and fit comfortably on your face. The polarization cuts glare and allows you to see the whole picture, helping you identify what's below the water surface. They have a 60-day risk-free trial, a lifetime warranty, and free shipping. Plus, you can save yourself 10% off with the code JIGSANDBIGS10 at checkout. Visit TOREDGE.com to check out their selection and lens options. Again, we cannot thank our partners enough for their support. Please consider supporting them and supporting the show in the same process. Bobby and Sean now have a special presentation for us all. They'd like to give everyone just the tip. After much, and I'm talking a whole lot of trying to regroup from that first segment, we figured out what the tip was for this week, folks. We got it together. A couple lightly roasted hippies arguing on the internet about fishing. Figure this shit out, everybody. Take it away, Sean. Welcome back to Drugs and Dicks. <laughs> really? Did I, did we tell that story online uh, on the I air? I think yeah. that's that's how I know we're getting fucking old, dude. We don't remember last week. <laughs> no, I know. Well, there's I been think, a lot of this I shit. think well, that we did. I think we did, we did talk talk drugs and dicks last week. Yeah, there, there was some autocorrect going on with my voice to text, and uh, a, a really inappropriate text message was almost sent to Cheryl, who does our fishing report, and I killed it. Explained what happened. We all had to laugh. But drugs and dicks, very appropriate for this segment. Now, what I want to say for, for just a tip, for all you anglers out there, whether you're in a tournament or not, going out by yourself, hitting your different bodies of water as you, uh, you know, as you, you, you fish and as we live, as the, as the world turns. One thing that I've picked up on is if I have a hot bite somewhere, I go back to that well till it's dry. So don't just say, hey, at the beginning of the week, I'm going to fish Lake X, Lake Y, and Lake, Z, and Lake Z when you have a hot bite on Lake X right off the bat. Yep. Go back to it because something's going on there. The fish might be in a big feed, and I've seen this throughout the year. It's not just a fall or a spring thing. Mm-hmm. Case in point, I think it was 2019, I was doing online tournaments, and it was best five bass. I went to a lake, 
um, I stopped at a lake and I ended up going there for two full weeks. And the amount of large, like trophy size largemouth that mm-hmm. I caught in those two weeks was staggering. And I made sure to bleed that place out as much as I could. And all those fish went in for the tournament. Um, and I ended up winning. I've talked about this before, but I ended up winning that July and then rolling it right over and won the, the August in the first week because I caught so many big fish in two weeks because yep. they were feeding on one particular thing. And I just kept going back there and, and exploiting that. So if you're in a tournament or even if you're just out there fishing for fun, just don't, don't leave a place until you have pulled every big fish out that you can. Just go back to the well. Yeah. And then and then I think after that, I I don't think at this one particular lake I'm talking about, I've had any big fish since, which is a shame, but it's, it's another one of those lakes that I've yet to go back to. So I'm sure I'm sure I'll I'll get back to it and see what's going on there. That was a place that that I was good for one or two big fish a year, but this this two week span, I must have got God, at least a dozen fish over 18 inches out of there mm-hmm. just at night, just fishing, just getting, uh, waiting for my buddy to get out of work. I would get out of work and I, and this is when a, a close friend was living with us because he had, uh, he was, uh, making some, some proactive life changes and, um, moved out here, waited on his family. And he lived with us for, you know, I don't know, nine months, a year. And during that time we would make sure when he got out of work, Boom, going up to the mountains, grab a couple beers, and he would uh, he would enjoy his drink while I fished. And those two weeks were amazing. But I, I made sure to keep going back to that lake until the well was dry. So keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. If you get a hot bite somewhere, don't move lakes. Stick with it. There's my tip for the day because, you know, this happened uh, this week where I had that awesome bite. And uh, I did go back as soon as I could, but the conditions had changed. And uh, I did not. I did not fare as well. So, you know, it's not going to be successful every time, but you're not going to know unless you keep going back. Yep. Thoughts? No, I think you summed it up very, very well. You know? I'm the man. Yeah, it's pretty good. (laughs) (sighs) Let's get ready for this. This, You guys are going to enjoy this. I gave a lot of thought of how I wanted to start, where I wanted to start with this one. It's a recurring problem, and it's just gotten worse and worse and worse and more and more out of control. Etiquette, folks. Oh, God. And I want, I want to start with golf. Golf's a very etiquette-heavy sport. Very, very etiquette-heavy. Yep. Let's talk about personal space in golf. So if someone's getting ready to tee up, they might not be hitting the ball in the action of swinging. Mm-hmm. It's really not appropriate to go strolling across the tee box within five, six feet of that person, right? Yeah, of Am course. I correct not. on that. Nope. I might, you know, if, even if it's in a fucking your your weekly beer league for golf, mm-hmm. right? You might as, walks across it. You might as well take a small hot air balloon with a cup for the basket and grab their ball and put it in there and allow that ball to go away. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's, it's fucking that bullshit, level of right? bull- bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, so there are a lot of parallels with fishing and golf, and I highly recommend anyone if you if you got more than one fishing rod in a kayak or in a boat, someone sees you and says, hey, "What you do? What you do with all them rods?" Simply ask them, "Do you golf?" Then most, you know, most people will say yes, or have you ever golfed? A lot more will say yes. 
and then reply to them with a question and say, have you ever, so you, do you go golfing with just your putter or just your four iron or just your wedge? And they'll look at you. No, I bring all my clubs. Why? Because clubs hit the ball farther or shorter or can be used in particular substrates, rough, yep. fairway, green, right? Those are fishing rods. Yeah, exactly. How far are you going to cast your lure? What are you casting it into? Well, different things in the water, different structures. Give them the old golf answer. Now, let's get away from golf and veer into what happened to me yesterday. Yesterday was a sunny, beautiful fall day in New England. I will say this. I want to give credit first. We're going to start on a positive note. The rule of 120 was not in play. We were over 130, I think, by my math. Because yep. the water was in the 60s, and we were in the 70s yesterday, mm -hmm. even in the mountains. Now let's get negative. Well, no, no, I'm sorry. Yesterday, myself, a paddleboarder, and a couple in recreational kayaks. Oh, okay. That's four of us, right? Yep. All of us wearing life vests, all of us wearing PFDs. Ah, there was a fifth. There was another guy in a, in a touring kayak. Five people. I was on this lake with no less than 70 people. <laughs> it's after September. I know the lake I was in is close to New York, so there's different laws there. Yeah. And I did hear a lot of, hey, oh, hey, look at his leaf. I heard a lot of that. <laughs> look at his leaf. But in our state, you have to wear a PFD after September 15th. Yes. No one was regulating that. And... That was problem number one for me. I'm like, this is fucking stupid. All right. Problem number two related to that, or problem 1A, is that very few of these people were younger than me. Most were significantly older. I maintain when wearing a life vest, it's not about swimming. No. Can you swim? Because that's what we all hear. Well, I can fucking swim. I'm not wearing a life vest. It's not about that. It's about going in the water when you're incapacitated and can't swim. Yeah. All right? You're going to go in if, if guy, you know, let's say one of these geriatrics that were out there fucking paddling or pedaling yesterday, saw a couple pedal kayaks, has a stroke or a heart attack, and they're not wearing a PFD, they've now just compounded the problem. Yeah. Because now whoever's got to go in and get them you got a lot more issues. They're wearing a PFD. It's it's a little easier to hold on and drag. And I'm, and bring I'm saying them this back. as someone who's trained as a lifeguard. Yeah. It's a lot easier that someone's already floating instead of now you're kicking up and whichever direction you're going to, to drag that. That's one of the things that, I, I mean, it was a long time ago I got certified, but they still make you rescue swim. Yep. You've still got to grab a limp body and drag them across the pool with your strength. And it's not, you're not walking. Um. That was a problem. Yeah. Then here's where, th this is where the FTG gets really split up. All right. Aside from all the people that were just fucking not wearing PFDs. When I got out there, I was rigging up a lure. And this is where the T-box analogy comes in. And I saw four wreck kayakers, youngest of which was probably 75. Okay, yeah, old. I was, yeah. It's might even be folks. the same group I ran into. Dark Crystal? Four of them. Yeah. Huh? Dark Crystal? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they, were, right. they were They were aging. I saw them coming from behind me, and I moved over. I, I got out of the way, just, just pissed off and rigging my shit. 
and I hear splashing and I look up and one of them is within fucking three feet of me. I could have fucking reached out and slapped this idiot. Isn't it wild? And he just looks at me. And, yeah. Like it's just no, no fucking idea. And he's within three feet of me and he goes by and he stops paddling because he would have hit me with the paddle and goes, all right, you're going to get on him today. And I just went, huh? And I just looked at him and he was like kind of shocked that I was so rude. Like, so why, why would this guy be rude? I don't know. Why are you sitting in my lap? Pretty Do much. I look like I have ones? You fucking asshole. So he keeps going and I'm now I'm like, put him on the glass, bitch. (laughs) I'm I'm staring straight ahead, and there is a a gentleman in a bass boat who's relatively near to the shore. And I'm like, well, Uh how is this gonna play out? And they go really close to him too, but he was fishing out. They went on the inside. They were closer to shore. He was fishing out towards the middle. So I'm like, well, okay, that was probably a fight averted. That was right when I started my day. And then things kind of calmed down a little bit. There was, again, the trout guys. I like fishermen. I like all fishermen. Trout guys. You guys you guys got some shit to work on, all right? You guys got some shit to work on. Because one of your brethren was out in a V-hull mm-hmm. trolling for the trout that were, oh, again, smacking right. the surface. <laughs> And he was fine, a little loud. He was on his phone, kind of talking loudly to his buddy. But I've kind of gotten used to that people don't understand how their voice carries across the water. And he wasn't bothering anybody. He was on a make a loud phone call and trolling for trout. Yeah. Forgiven. Dude, I saw a leaf. For- yeah, hey, hey, oh, leaf, hey. What is not forgivable was that when he was done trolling for trout for no less than 45 minutes, and Bobby, you got a call during this because yeah. I was so fucking fried. He, this is not a big lake. This guy drove in fucking circles for 45 minutes, just going as fast as he could in a V-Hall for no reason. Like it was a fucking jet boat. Just making waves. Just, hey, oh, leaf time. I love burning I no gas. Idea. Yeah, and brain cells. Yeah. I, so I would like to nominate my two FDGs for the week. The group of four geriatrics that thought that that was okay to come that close to somebody, and I hope they have fucking you know, tea times next week and someone walks right on the green while they're teeing off. And then V-Hall guy, what the hell are you thinking? What is going on? What is the point of that? Yeah. I don't even understand. Too many Red Bulls? I don't, I don't know. Uh, like it's, it's that he's the one that I think is most interesting. Like, was he out trolling for trout and then like something happened? He was like, well, if I can't catch him, nobody's going to like that kind of mentality. Like, fuck all these people? or was uh, He it- wasn't coming super close. He was just making waves. I don't know what was going on. Maybe, you know what? Maybe the thing that changed was, hey, oh, I got to let you go. Trout aren't biting. I got a whole bag of cocaine right here. I got to get into this shit. <laughs> hey, oh, look at the leaves. <laughs> oh, I'm thinking that it's, and it's possible, but I mean, you were on the water. You would know. Did the geriatric group, like have a run-in with him at some point and he was just like you know what i'm gonna get these guys off fucking water let's go no they they vanished they went into the there's a back area of this lake that is away from the main body and they went in there come to think of it i never saw them again maybe they're still there maybe i've just ftg the deceased i don't know wow whatever anyways shitty they sucked and i'm good with it and uh, I just got to ask, so, so trout people and boomers, what's going on here? You guys okay? Yeah. We, we, we know what's going on in the world, or is it just fucking, hey, we've lived long enough, fuck everybody time? What's going on here? Help I really, us out. I, yeah, that, I think that's the one. You know, I really do. 
I just, I just don't, I don't, my head hurts. It's just, it's every week. It's every week at every body of water. It's every week. That's all I got. Ridiculous. Redonkulous. Chicks and pigs. Gear of the week. It's about how on top of like editing the new intros that I am. <laughs> Just using my vocal effects and going gear. G- gear. Uh, well, as I, got, in hamster I got this efficient. one as Yes. I got this one as well. Um, I have been using a, a new tackle bag for my stuff, the, um, the Busby Cube for my plastics. Mm-hmm. It's a rectangular-shaped plastic, I don't know what you call it, it's a zipper bag. Um, it's water-resistant but not waterproof. I yeah. found that out because I did leave it in my boat during one of these rainstorms we had the past week in my driveway because I was going the next morning. And it did soak through and a lot dumped out. But water resistant, it is. Waterproof, it is not. You have, I don't know if you've seen me with this thing, right? Oh, no, you did. The other I have, day. I've seen it. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. All right. I have nothing but great things to say about it. Um, I've got now just one plastic container. And I wasn't super upset about the water resistant, waterproof thing because all my plastics inside are in. Um, Walmart great value uh, freezer zipper bag. So yep. we're good on that. Nothing got wet. Um, nothing got destroyed. We were all good. So I've moved away from the tool bags I was using yep. um, from Home Depot to this. And I am super excited. Like it's really working out. It's about the same size. I think it's a hair bigger mm-hmm. than a 3,700 box. So now underneath my seat where I put more, I made that, that little makeshift uh, shelf. Yep. I have on one side, three 3,700 boxes. On the other side, one 3,700 box. I think it's my terminal tackle and then yeah. the Busby on top of it. Mm-hmm. Home run with this. Um, they are a little pricey. I got the biggest one. I think it was 60 bucks. And um, I'm not a genius. I, I read things like you guys do. I saw this initially on Wired to Fish. Uh, they had a soft plastic and tackle bag review yeah. thing. Um, and that kind of piqued my curiosity. I grabbed it thinking that this could be the the solution to the problem that I've been facing for years now with these plastics. Mm-hmm. It's light. It's water resistant. It goes under my seat. So I'm keeping it out of the water. Again, these, these, uh, these native ultimates, they don't have scuppers. I'm aware of that. And I don't give a shit because yeah. I'm not out fishing in the downpour that often. Yep. Um, I can always deal with it, but this is, uh, this is where I'm headed with this. Uh, I really, if you, if you're looking for a solution for your plastics, and you want something that's going to handle, you know, being exposed in the elements. Um, as long as you're not, dink, you know, dunking it underwater, you guys will probably be pretty happy with this Busby. It's, yeah. it's really good. I like it. I, you know, it's funny, man, because I have, and I'm going to have to take a look at this wild, wired to fish. Was it a ranking of different ones or was it just on this one Busby box? No, it was a whole bunch. It was a whole bunch. I'm going to have to take yeah. a look at it just to get a little inspiration. Um, I have I'll send my, you the link. my soft plastic uh, storage is fucking all over the place. Um, I 
there's there's two things. So reaction tackle makes these these bait binders that I'm a big big fan of, and I, I initially got into them primarily for bank fishing. I had this one sort of almost like it's like a trapper keeper, like a trifold, like trapper yep. keeper type style, and inside it's got these. With the really heavy duty Ziploc bags, and actually, I think it's a Velcro strip that holds them in, so you can swap them out or add them. There's some that are large size ones, big pockets that I could put, you know, five inch, six inch baits in, and then there's there's other smaller ones that I use for like Ned baits, um, you know, downsized like three inch, uh, you know, uh, craws or or you know, halamites and things like that. And it's really nice to kind of keep things divided up. If you haven't put any other types of plastic in there, you can store Z-Man in these. I've I've stored them in there before, and and it's 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 nice. Just don't put other plastics in that one pouch. Like designate one for Z-Man. Uh, I then have uh, I, I had ordered another uh, binder that I specifically wanted for paddle tail swim baits, various swim baits. So this is a larger binder with different types of pockets, but I've got everything from uh, seven inch uh, paddle tail Kitex all the way down to little two inch snacky swimmers. And I do that so that this way I can eliminate having to cram so many into that other other bait binders. So I use both. I have one of them that carries, you know, I have one pouch that's set up for stick baits. I have one pouch that's set up for more finesse worms. I have a pouch that's set up for craws, one that's set up for creatures. And then we get into like the Ned baits and the smaller stuff and everything else. This other one is just those paddle tails, just those. So I have a library I can go through. These aren't waterproof. Um, and I, I like, you know, water will get in them, but the the boxes zip up pretty tight. The packets in between, like they're they're all right. The this uh, what do you call it? The the swim bait one is a little bit uh, different. It's got like more of a fabric background, so I think that the water just soaks in on those. But it's not too bad. Now I have a bunch of like other random bulk plastics, things that I haven't checked off as like always gonna carry. You know. Things that I'm trying, things that I maybe only have one pack over, things that don't necessarily fit clean cut into the categories I've laid out. So in the past, I was using one of these uh, Bass Mafia like uh, money bags, you know, the the clear plastic with the zipper on top, but below that also a zipper to make it waterproof. So you have two levels of protection there. Now a lot of people don't realize that there's the two zippers there and don't you know set them and. Set it so it's waterproof. Water will 100% get in the, the actual mechanical zipper at the very, very top. But I had been using this for a long time. And what I would do is when I was traveling with it or anything, I just put it upside down. And it keeps everything dry in there. It's it, I just leave it upside down so that those, those plastics are like that. And when I store it, I would store it in my kayak in the storage uh, compartment that I have up front. So it was it was undercover. It was never an issue. I lost this thing because it wasn't secured on my kayak when I was leaving a body of water. And it sucked. God, I probably lost $300 in plastics. It sucked. Um, and there's some great stuff in there, too, that I, I had gotten when I was at Chickamauga, you know, and I will go through that if I'm doing something like super specific, I'll be like, all right, let's go through this and set it up. So I've got, you know, things that I want to make sure I have on hand that I maybe don't always have on hand or something, you know, like when we were at Chickamauga, there was a lot of shad stuff that I don't throw shad stuff up here, but I've got some stuff and I picked a few things up while I was at the talk and tackle. So I popped those in there and it worked out great. 
with that thing gone, you remember the the Bashmaster magazine used to have an offer where if you subscribed, you got like a sticker pack, a hat, and this bag. It looked like a lunch bag, right? Yep. With, with the two zippers and the Velcro flap that would lay on there. And it's a perfect size for soft plastics. The problem is, is that the material degrades in the sun. Um, and it takes a while. Like, I've had this one, sheesh, 2013, 2014, probably about 2014, 2015, something like that. And, I mean, I've had it for a long time. It's just like, you know, when it starts to degrade, you can see the thin spots where yeah. the fabric starts to kind of waffle away. And I'm like, this only has so much more time. You know, I got I to gotta figure it out. But, again, like, it never really sees the elements. And I keep all those plastics in their containers. So if it comes in, a, a, like, a clamshell style to keep them nice and straight, they stay right in there. So I pop all those in there, and then there's the under my seat because <laughs> I have like random bags of plastics where I'm like, okay, I might give this a shot here, or I'm trying like that drop shot bait that you've been throwing. I only have two bags of those. I just store them right under there so I've got quick access to them. But everything ends up in this other bag. So I'm looking to replace that Bassmaster bag, and I mean, is the Busby bag going to be the one? I don't know. I got to look around. I, I got to be totally honest with you. I am really thinking I might just pick up another money bag for the size yep. and the ease of use, but I'm just going to make sure that I strap that fucker in <laughs> as, as good as I possibly can. Yep. Hey, for uh, for further information for people, yep. the article I pulled that off of was uh, Wired to Fish. It's under their... Um, it's under their buyer's guides and it was written uh, or it was published on August 29th and it's called best fishing bags and tackle backpacks. Bobby, I'll send you the link. Yeah. Yeah. Let me know. But, um, check yeah. that out. Check uh, that out. The, you know, can't hurt. Yeah. Oh, I, absolutely. I, you know, it's, it's, I found stuff that, that works and I've, I've found others that I'm just like, eh, it's the bulk plastics. You know what I mean? All that extra bulk stuff. And then I'm truthfully, I think I'm just going to buy a tote box for those random plastics that I'm like, all right, I got whatever it is that I collect all like in the winter. Yep. And I'll, I'll make some bundles within there. But I can say like, oh, these are all worms. Boom. These are all craws. Something like that. Fool around yep. with that. We'll fuck around. We'll find out. We'll find, we'll yes, find, we will. We'll find the fuck out. Uh Let's see. Do we have? We already did tourney time. I think we're good for this segment. We kicked I ass. Think we're fucking pretty. I, I, the only the only other thing I'd like to mention, um, Biggie wrapped up. I did two nights ago. I should have mentioned this in my week. Yep. I did two nights ago just because uh, it was so fucking packed this weekend. The Biggie was beyond packed. Like I was wading through people. Yeah. Um, I did get to hang out with Nor'easter for about two hours, so it was good to talk with with John and Jim and uh, and Mary Lou. So. That we'll see them at uh, at the latest. We'll see them at the Springfield Sportsman Show. I yep. think they have a booth there. So, yeah, good time. Uh, good time hanging with some good people, and um, you know, got to got to get them to know them a little more. It was awesome. I love that. So, no, that's yeah, fucking good great. Sweet. All right, so let's take a quick break, guys. We will be back. So you're going to hear from uh, myself and who the fuck is actually Joe Brown. Uh, in this next segment, we talk with Josh Cotier, and you're not going to want to miss it, guys. It's a good conversation. We'll be on the back end with that to wrap this show up. Don't go too far. We'll see you in a bit. 
Hey guys, Bobby Roast Beef here from Jigs and Bigs. You know, if there's one thing I can't stand spending money on, it's on something that's not versatile, something that I can't get a lot of use out of. I want to talk to you about Frost Buddy. What Frost Buddy is, is uh, it's one of those can coolers. I've seen these before. In fact, I have some that are limited to only fitting one specific size of can, like a standard 12-ounce can. I stumbled onto Frost Buddy, and I was blown away with it. So versatile. Fits standard cans, tall cans, slim cans, and even 12-ounce bottles. And the magic is the insert fits all of these items in various stages within the insert. And when you take that out, you can fit a full 16-ounce Tallboy can. In fact, it even doubles down on being versatile with the coffee lid. And on my recent trip to Chickamauga, I had a field day with this thing. I was throwing beer cans in it. I'd have coffee in the morning. On the drive, I was throwing in all different sizes of cans for different canned coffee products to keep me awake on the long drive back. The thing was amazing. So I recommend you check out Frost Buddy. If you're in the market for either a travel travel cup for your coffee or a can cooler at all, either one of those, check it out. For the money, you cannot go wrong. What I've done is this. In the show notes for this podcast you're listening to right now, if you look there, you'll find a link to Frost Buddy where you can get yours. And not only can you go and get your Frost Buddy there, but you can help out the show as well. Go and uh, visit that link in the show notes to this podcast. Check out a Frost Buddy. Tons of colors, tons of patterns, all kinds of great stuff. And it's a great spot to put your jigs and big sticker too. Take it from me, Bobby Roast Beef. You're going to get the most versatility out of this one product, probably out of anything you're ever going to buy, especially for anything that you're drinking. Frost Buddy. It works for me. I'm a happy guy. Jigs and Bigs is your favorite fishing podcast, right? Why not show the world how much you love the show while directly supporting us? We have men's and ladies' shirts, hoodies, and a variety of hats. We even have a waterproof outdoor Bluetooth speaker so you can listen to your favorite podcast while out on the water if you like. Check out jigsandbigs.com slash shop to visit the store and gear yourself up. If you really can't get enough of this show, consider becoming a jig head and joining our Patreon. It's a subscription that gives you exclusive access to recording sessions that allow you to engage with with us as we record the show. We also have some exclusive content there just for our jig heads and even have some special promo codes. Space is limited, so join now at jigsandbigs.com. Finally, if you're local to our area in Western Massachusetts, consider checking out the Western Mass Fishing Report posted weekly at northeastwildwoman.com. We have amazing contributors providing great content and info for local conditions and what's been going on and working recently. Jigs and Bigs, so much more than just two lightly roasted hippies trapped in the 90s arguing on the internet about fishing. All right, everybody. Bobby Roast Beef here. Like I said, I've been I, I've been on a roll with interviews. We have a great one right now. Uh, we have well, I have I have two folks with me in this. I have I have uh, Joe Brown in the house. What's up? What's up? <laughs> Joe Brown in the house. We have Josh Cotier with us. And uh, Joe, you, you've you competed against Josh for a little while. Yeah, I have. I competed yeah. against them all season, yeah. Why don't you kind of do the intro of, like, Josh's accolades, like how you guys know each other and all that stuff so that we can get to know him? All right, so... Josh and I, we, bo- we both fish uh, Division 36 um, American Bass Anglers. Uh, Josh actually just got the Angler of the Year for this year. That's freaking awesome. Um, it's only because I missed a couple. I missed a couple tournaments. You did him a favor. <laughs> right, Josh? 
So, so yeah, so uh, Josh, I hit off pretty good. We were very much alike, you know. So yep. every tournament, we you know we're chatting, whatever. So uh, our last tournament actually was a. Uh, the story I told you when we were ripping, uh, we had to rip uh, down from New Hampshire to yep. make the make the uh, weigh in. Josh was the boat that was next. To yeah, me you guys had that yeah. shared moment yeah. looking at each other yeah. like, oh yeah. shit. So it, you know, That's trying awesome. to trying to get through all the uh, wreck boats and whatnot. But uh, yeah, he's a he's a phenomenal angler. Uh, d- He's he's the real deal. That's awesome, man. Well, congratulations on the uh, angler ang- angler of the year. That that is absolutely amazing and and fantastic. Um, let's go ahead. We'll dive right in, man. Let's get to know you as far as your your fishing style. Let's talk about how you first got in to the outdoors. You know, period. Let alone just fishing. And then kind of like walk us through like where did the the bug bite for competitive fishing? And you know, kind of walk us through the whole story. How we got to where we are right now. That's hard to pin down. Uh, I've honestly, I've been fishing as long as I can remember. Um, My grandmother, rest her soul, uh, she had a camp on Lake Champlain as long as I can remember, man. And uh, there's pictures of me just fishing in the dock when I was four or five years old. So, I mean, I don't think there was ever a point there wasn't a fishing rod in my hand. That's awesome, man. Like, so essentially, like, as long as you were able to to hold a rod, you you were out there. That's great. Oh, yeah, we've been bassing full-time since day one. That's awesome. Now, when did the competition kind of strike? Like, when when did they, that get interesting to you? I would say we're on year 10 of uh, formal competition. Some of it kind of yep. started with, uh, like, crawdad, john boat fishing in smaller lakes in Massachusetts, and then um, gotcha. I was like, fuck, <laughs> I love this shit, boy. <laughs> I hear you, man. I hear you. It's 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 funny. That's the thing about fishing. Like I always say, fishing is itself is is two really interesting sort of worlds coming together. Like it's one part science, it's one part art, but also the fisherman is interesting as well because there's folks that are just like they gotta compete. Like they want to up those stakes as much as possible. And then you've got guys that just they they for them it's just about like escaping and getting out into nature and having a good time. And that's what's so cool about it. And and everybody who's involved is it can be all of those things you know at different points in everybody's life it's 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 really really fantastic um let's talk about your style of fishing what uh what do you generally you know what are you what like let's start confidence baits actually what's your short list of confidence baits like when you need to get it done what are you throwing to get it done uh, i mean i mean obviously it's uh a difference on the fishery but i'd say i mean if I didn't practice and you put me on anywhere in the country, there's going to be a, uh, a little magnum, half ounce on the boat, okay. flipping, a uh, three-inch magnum for skipping, uh, probably a drop shot, and uh Senko, man. I mean, I can get it done with those four rods mm-hmm. probably anywhere just because of the confidence, you know? Absolutely, man. That's awesome. You know, and-, and if the wind blows, I will jerk off and throw in a buzz bait. Sure. You got to do what you got to do, man. I love a buzzbait. I love a buzzbait. Sometimes oh, I'm guilty yeah. of, of trying to force a buzzbait bite, but yeah, I love a buzzbait. I can't stand them. I can't get confident with them. No, cannot, cannot get confident. Really? I have. I always have one tied on, and I'm just like, I'd rather like throw a fucking whopper plopper or something. I. Uh, it's it's funny. Go ahead, Josh. 
Oh, so I was just say when Joe gets a hot well, we're going to show him how to tune up a buzz bait, get back in the threadfin shack, right? <laughs> yes, yes, please. <laughs> Hang a couple from your mirrors on the drive down. They'll get 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 good and squeaky. Yeah, 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 yeah. definitely. So that's a mission. So no, that's that's awesome. I was going to say I like to throw a buzz bait sometimes, like just to find fish. You know, uh, especially in shallow water, if I'm just trying to cover water fast just to find where they are, then I might go and say, like, okay, well, I know that there's fish over here. Let me throw something that's a little bit more subtle and try and get bit. Um, but, yeah, it, just in doing that, I've kind of built a little bit more confidence with getting bit. But it's wild, man. Um, oh, dude, you're spot on because, I mean, but you're just throwing that top on if you got the conditions. I mean, you get one bite in the area in practice, you probably fly through and, you know, a tournament and, you know, settle down and fish slower and get a few bites you know yep yep exactly just play to play play the odds so let's talk um as far as now are are you you're a, a mass native are you are you from new england originally or you you start off somewhere else in the country uh I'm, i've been in mass since high school i was actually gotcha. born in maine in uh brunswick it's uh Completely closed down now, but I was born on a naval base in Brunswick. Uh, both my parents were in the Navy. Gotcha. Um, and from there, I've been in Mass, Maryland, Virginia, Colorado. I grew up on the so, yeah, bases been, with them. and uh, Yeah, you've been around. Oh, yeah, I mean, well, I suppose it, what it should have been back then, but I mean, we're doing oh, what we're yeah. doing now. No. It's uh, everything. Every day is a blessing, man. <laughs> you wouldn't find anyone happier than me. <laughs> oh, hell yeah, man. I hear that. Let's talk. Um, let, let's get into some. Actually, you know, let's just take the dive. Why don't you hit me with, like, your two polar opposite stories? Like, that one story of the catch that, like, that's the story you're going to tell to somebody when they find out, oh, you fish? You know, like, you're in an event at the, the, the bar or something, and, you know, they're like, oh, you fish? Like, that moment you're most proud of. Might be a PB, might be something wild, something like that. The one you're most proud of. And then the story where it all went to shit, where, like, you're just kind of, you know, like, the biggest sort of want-want kind of moment. I already got both of them right on the tip of my tongue. It's kind of crazy. I didn't think I would have that that quick, but the second you mentioned said it all, I already That's got awesome. it. That's uh, awesome. Let's start with the high point. This is a smaller TOC tournament champions in Massachusetts, and uh, the guy just like posted this video on Facebook that there's a, a sunken tree in like 20 feet and mm-hmm. just flipping a little mag in there. Got bit, and it literally set the hook, and the, it was just stuck but it was on straight braid and I literally started hand pulling the braid up and I pulled a 20 foot limb. Like it was like 23 feet long off the bottom with a four pounder in it, like a whole pine limb to the boat and like got my hand on the fish, had to cut the line to get the jig out because it swam through it. Oh, it was buried. But I looked up and like some guy was on his dock filming the whole time. So, I mean, it wasn't a major, major tournament, but that was like one of those times where it's just like, you're hard dicking. (laughs) Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) Hell yeah. Um, and my downfall would be Lake Pickwick in Alabama. Mm-hmm. Uh, they won a tournament. I ended in seventh, and I literally lost my five biggest fish. I jumped off two that were easily over seven, <laughs> and like another couple four and fives. And like, I was still in seventh after day one, and then day two, I freaking. Same fucking thing, man. I mean, I don't spinner bait a ton up here, but yep. I mean, shit, it's just feel the bite, set the hook, and 
Uh, I still have a top 10 at Nationals that year. It's kind of got me in the boat I'm in now and made me some really great connections. Uh, That's awesome. At the same time, maybe my best friend, Blake Sylvester from Louisiana. God yeah. bless that motherfucker. But, um, you know, it was just one of those things that could have been. I mean, when, when you're for sure a top three, that puts you in the classic or, you know, the elite series if you finish first. Yeah. just uh you really know you love more weight on the water than you actually put on the scale. Um, yeah. Uh, that stuff doesn't get to me because, I mean, this sport's negligent. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you yeah, lose yeah. more than you win in this sport. But that one, I, like, it, I have nightmares about it still. <laughs> no, it makes sense, man. That makes sense. That's the kind of thing that it'll stick around and it'll haunt you, you know? Oh, dude, all the fucking time. <laughs> um. Let's get into, well, actually, you know, this is actually something that we've only been really kind of talking about this year, um, is uh, forward-facing sonar, you know, and in, in, in the tournament world, it's, it's, you know, it's, people say, like, you gotta have it, you know, like, you just gotta have it. And there's a lot. So John Cox, that. yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. You know, and it's funny. There was, I just saw a video and we're going to be talking about it in the, this episode, um, uh, coming up this week, uh, Kyle Welcher put out a video recently, and what he did was he who was out, you know, just taking his boat out fishing, and he gets to the ramp, and there's this guy kind of giving him a hard time about the electronics on his boat, and like, oh yeah, I could I'd definitely fish, you know, outfish you, you know, even with all those electronics. That's if I had all that, I could definitely go and win tournaments. Absolutely, it's that easy. And that you're looking at this guy, and he's like. You know, he's throwing a spin caster and he's holding it upside down. You know, and, I'm, <laughs> and when I saw that, I thought I was like, I think this is fake. I really do. And it come to find out it was. So what what Kyle had said, he goes, hey, listen, man, I'll tell you what, you can take my boat. I'm going to run back to my house and grab my other boat, my small boat, my crappie boat, I think. And he goes, very bare bones boat. I'll take that out and we'll go out for two hours and we'll see who can catch the best five five fish bag. You know, we'll we'll see what happens. And there's this video they put a GoPro on the other boat and the guy's doing all this stuff and it's just an absolute mess. I think he caught like two tiny dinks and you know, Kyle managed to get, put like a, a a full bag together. But at the end he said something okay. and I was like, man, I'm like he said something I thought was really great. He goes, you know, it's not that easy. It's it's not just having this stuff. You have to put the time in to know what you're doing with it and everything else. And I'll tell you, like, if there's a guy that can kind of drive that point home, I think it's a guy like that that's at that level that has the boats to be able to say, oh, all right, go ahead. Put your money where your mouth is. We'll make a friendly bet, you know, and we'll go and do this. And then yeah, absolutely. make people see it because you do. You see people that are just so up in arms about the technology. And, you know, I mean, I hate to say it. Maybe it's an age thing. I'm older than both of you guys, and I'm saying that. Like, maybe, how old do you be? How I'm, old do you be? I just turned forty-six. There you go. You're like you're the perfect time. You're wise, and you know what you want, but you're still active. Uh, exactly, and I can dial into technology a little bit. Though every year it seems to confuse me a little bit more and more. So I understand where that generation is kind of like. Get off my lawn, type thing. When it comes to different technology, where do you weigh in? Like, how do you feel about forward-facing sonar? Like your own skill set with it, all that stuff, uh, as well as like I would. Uh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, oh, I was just gonna say, as well as like how it kind of fits into the whole game plan. 
uh, it, it's there, man. And uh, I have a power switch in my side rod walker, so I can just shut my box on and off, so it's not clicking. Um, mm-hmm. It's there. You need it. There's times you do need it. Um, if it was up to me, there'd be none of it in fishing. Um, but that's just me. I think I could compete better as an angler without it. Yeah. But I, I'm also just not a complainer or a fucking whiner. So yeah. it's like I've gotten good with it, and I've intentionally spent a lot of time staring at this. Um, I literally intentionally pushed forward-facing sonar away from me for a few years. The mm-hmm. first time I ever used it was on actually Lake Hartwell or Nationals this year. Seven years ago now, a buddy of mine from Florida was out there running that and showing me how the how it works with schoolers on Hartwell. And I was like, that's badass. But uh, what I intentionally did was I didn't get in the boat with anyone to look at it. I'm yeah. very, very uh, comfortable electronic, so I waited till I got my own. And um, I've caught a lot, a lot of fish on it the last few years that have yep. made me money and helped me out. But I mean, I'd be the first to tell you, if they want to get rid of it, I'm all for it. Just because I think, I'm, I think as a person who is more ample to it being timing and decision-making oh, and yeah. strategy, yep. I, I think I would be better off, but I, I'm just, I'm not a woman. I'm just not going to complain. I'm not going to bitch to it. It's, it's on my boat because it's times I use it and it's, it helps so much. I mean, sure. I would say even at our uh, two day, two weekends ago, when me and Joe was at, and um, I completely burned out my impeller and water pump on my boat to get up to the dam. But it was just like yep. kind of crazy because I caught a three-ton smallmouth, which is, like, basically unheard of there, and a couple other smallmouth that were a good class, but, like, mm-hmm. they were really schooled up on wall-wise at the outflow of a dam where most people don't run up to, and, like, I could just see them. And I was, like, I would put the bait on the nose of the fish every single cast, and, yeah. I mean, and you still get this, like, less than 20 casts. And same thing when I've been on Champlain this year, man. It's, like, yep. uh... I'll see 40 fish, and I know they're all three and a half pounds plus yeah. smallmouth. And uh, you really, you can really watch the bait falling on your scope, hit them, install when it hits them, and drop down. And like in a school of 30 of them, they don't eat it. So, I mean, if anything, seeing them made me more frustrated. Oh, <laughs> but at the same time, sure. it just opened my eyes up to like, there's way more fish on the stuff that you're fishing most of the time than you fucking think. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I think that's the thing. I think that it's like what forward-facing sonar really does, and like as myself, not being a competitive angler, that's a lot of money to like put down to just know, you know, what where these where these fish are stacking up in this area. But at the same time, it can show you, it can tell you so much about the fishery and you can really start to learn and debunk some myths you know i think more than anything regardless of if you're actually like video game fishing like a lot of people talk about and i feel like my opinion and i don't know let me know how, if you feel the same way too josh like a lot of people think that forward-facing sonar is a one-trick pony you go you spot those fish you throw a drop shot or a jerk bait or a swim bait you catch that fish and you move on you know, and it's. I feel like it's not that video game fishing all the time. Sean the Fisherman is using it in a completely different way when he was using it. It was basically just to, like, scan in in an area, you know, or he's using it. He's, he's actually kind of using it up against, like, weed beds and stuff, like walls of weeds to see what's up against this one area. It's, it's just crazy. 
that and that's spot on. And once I also have Active Target Lorance version on mine. Yep. Um, next year I'm going to switch to Garmin just because it's just so much clearer. But I okay. will say with Lorance, it's the same way on the side scan. I can see fish through vegetation on my Active Target and my side scan with Lorance. Mm. I don't know if you get that as much with the other brands, but yeah. either way. I will be running Garmin on the boat next year just because yep. um, it's just clear. It's better, man. Uh, yeah. Last year at regionals on the St. Lawrence, uh, running around those guys and Canadian boys, freaking my boy Danny McGarry. Uh, yep. Super Gawant's a fucking man, dude. I fucking love that fucking guy. But they kind of just showed me cause I can, how it looks on the screen. And, I mean, you know, I feel like when you were in your boat looking at something on Active Target and you get in another boat and look at theirs on Panoptics and they're like, well, we're looking animal, at the same yeah. thing and it looks night and day, man. Yeah. It's, it really is. But I would say I, I've i been very, very wary of it also bringing my fishing down because I know people, like, I, I'm not going to say names, but, like, I know people that literally, like, that forward facing sonar brought their game down because they're so glued to it. Yeah. That like they don't they don't realize that if they just turned it off, they'd catch more fish. Yeah. Because they're so glued to it. And that can come from I mean, not being as efficient with it. Who knows? I mean, sure. we're all different, but that's why I run a switch right in my raw locker right there, because like I just shut it off. When it like when it's time and shit's going south or in mm-hmm. on the like I just shut it off. So I feel like I have a really good medium on like when I'm using it, I'm locked in on it. And when it's done, yeah. I'm not fucking with it. And yeah. I will say on top of that, when you're saying like finding weed edges and stuff, if I'm running down a bake, like a full cast, and I'm not like flipping or skipping or something like that, yep. close quarters, I leave my turret pointed at a 45 degree angle off the front of the boat. And I can't tell you how many times I've just seen like a rock or a piece of wood. And I'd be fishing the bake, but I just see something on the, FFS and I literally just whip a jig at it and like catch my biggest fish of the day. So I mean, it's also one of those things where like I'm fishing down a bank and I don't look at it all the time while I'm fishing. I just Mm -hmm. keep looking at it, see if I see something. And I've um, actually, I didn't even talk to Joe about this as well, but at the Connecticut River, I came down Barton's Cove on day one. I was literally just like fishing a bank with lay downs. I'm not. I ran down and there was still 12 minutes left in the tournament. Mm -hmm. And I literally look at the scope and there's a sunken like. It's like an 18 foot, it must have been like a bass track. It's like an 18 foot one. It's like, ain't no way. And I whip a drop shot off it and kept a three pounder. <laughs> no shit. That's not bad. I did not know that. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. The one thing I will say, it's crazy how many sunken like boats and skiffs and all that you see oh, when, you, yeah. when you're running that stuff. Or if you're, uh, some of these places you're running, you know, the side scan and whatnot. It's kind of gnarly. I mean, I'm sure. You can have South Pond right by you, buddy. I was just going to say South Pond. I was just going to say South Pond. Dude, I have 20, probably 28 boats sunk in that place on my ground. <laughs> yeah, it's gnarly. Holy shit. Yeah, there's a ton in there. That's wild, man, because like, I, I would never know. And I'm just getting... It's tiny, RB, too. It's tiny. Like, oh. the place ain't that big. We had to go under a bridge to get in there when we fished Claybot. So, like, the fact there's that many boats in there just goes to show there's a bunch of nerds who can't drive. Oh, for sure. That's wild. And it's like... And it's almost a perfect circle, except for the back there. It's like... It, it, the deepest parts, I mean, it, it drops off. I mean, it's like, what? The average is probably, what, Josh? Like, 25, 30 feet in that place? 
Yeah, and that first bank was actually 80 feet of water. Yeah. Which is yep. crazy. Yep. <laughs> the fish wouldn't nice. eat, though. It's like, it's nice because it's connected to Quay Bog. And Joe knows the setup, so it's yeah. going to make more sense to him than you, R.B. Sure. But, like, it's, there's alewives in there, and, like, they're suspended offshore. It's pelagic fish, but, like, in the summer, they pull on that, but the place isn't big, so it's like you just find the school bait, you can catch some fish, but it wasn't like that last weekend when I fished a tournament there, so it was like, it sketched me out, and then I get uncomfortable, and when fish don't do what they're supposed to do, then I get nervous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's one place I have not fished much, the South Pond. Yeah, you never really got on I never really got on And you know what? There's no good reason. I should just, maybe this week I'll take the kayak over there. Yeah, it's there's just so many different, that... The one thing I will say, if you're putting on forward-facing sonar for the first time in your boat, South Pond's a place to go. Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 yeah. it's wild what you see in that place on, hmm. on uh, forward-facing with all the trout and. And, and you think a lot of the fish you see on graph are the bass or trout. There's there's so many pickerel in there, just like suspended pelagic offshore that. Yep. I'm like okay, like I saw one, it would chase my jaw shot down, ate it, and set the hook. I was like, fucking finally, and it was like four and a half pound pickerel. Yeah. And I actually think I kicked the dash on my console. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think, I think we've talked about this on the show in the past, yeah. but people think that the state record pike came from Quaybog. It actually came from South Pond through the ice. The state record, yeah, really? The state record came through no the, shit through South Pond through the ice. Fun fact: I was there that day. Really. Yeah. That's wild. No kidding. So it got caught in the winter, yeah. but it didn't get caught through the ice. Oh, really? Oh, no shit. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, it got registered in, like, January, like, early February or whatever. But I was literally walking in that day, like, midday. This is way back, obviously. But, dude, that motherfucker caught on a musky bait right off the bridge. Fishing off land. No in the shit. Of winter. Interesting. Yeah, I did yeah, not yeah. know that. <laughs> So, I mean, it's the same place, same deal, but, like, it got, yeah. most people think you're caught through the ice, but this dude literally showed up in, like, a Toyota Corolla and whipped out, like, a crazy rabbit yeah. for a muskie bait and went and go and cracked this thing. So, <laughs> so the guy used to come to my shop. I'm pretty sure he still drove that same Toyota Corolla. Oh, really? <laughs> it's lucky I wouldn't get rid of it. No freaking You couldn't miss this guy. It's got to be the same motherfucker. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, that's wild, man. That is freaking nuts. Uh, and and that's the thing, like Joe, with you having the shop, all of these folks that you see, the regulars, like yeah. you, you must. I mean, there must be like a bunch of bullshit stories. But then you get something like that. That's pretty fucking good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What what is the record? Because like, I mean, I know oh, there's some shit. giants that it's, come uh, out. Of- I I I don't remember off the top of my head, but it, I mean, it it is it's up there. It's it's. It, it's gonna take it's gonna up. take a big end to uh oh yeah to, to overtake it. I mean, it's been what, Josh? Are you talking pike or bass? Pike. Let me. I'll look it up right now, boys. I yeah. think I want to say. I mean, I see people who catch forties out of the Connecticut River. Yeah, it was a it pretty was a, routine. Forties, yeah. Them boys are gassing them. Fuck. Yeah, it's. <laughs> Connecticut River, that's another crazy place. It's, it's just wild. It is. It's insane. It's insane. Uh, you ever fish the uh, Had a Meadow section, which is the last section before the ocean? It's so it's tidal. Oh, no, I haven't. I haven't either. Yeah. 
that place is wild. I don't think I'm going to be fish there this year for the Reynolds tournament. And, uh, speaking of pike, I mean, shit, I must have gave him $50, if not 60 worth of fucking jackhammers. Oh, I'm sure it's insane. Josh, what is your favorite species to fish for after bass? After bass? Yeah. Oof. Wow, that's uh, it's, it has to be saltwater, man. Because before I got in the tournaments, uh, I actually used to fish with my buddy, doing commercial fishing for stripers and tuna. So, um, oh, no kidding. If I'm not if I'm not bass fishing, I I would just love to have time and prime time to uh, go out and tuna fish, striper fish. Yeah. Uh, I actually got a tournament for my club at the end of this year on the Cape with uh, Sandro Mancini. He does like the whole like tuna thing or whatever. Yep. But it's like he. He tuna fishes and he's like begging to go bass fishing and I'm I bass fish and I'm begging to go tuna fishing. <laughs> uh, I mean it's like anything, man. I mean you get sick of fucking anything. Oh, same yeah. girl, same boat, same whatever. Yep, you start doing the same old thing, it gets to be a routine and you're just like, ah, we'll mix it up with something. It's wild, like I well like uh, one one of, one of my friends Todd Grubb he is uh, you know he's just he is he embodies a, a non-competitive hardcore angler and he, why do I know that name RB oh he's uh he's a YouTuber fishing grubs I don't watch YouTube at all I just know the name but oh, either really? way go on buddy he's a, he's a local guy. Uh, he's uh, he's uh, um, was back and forth between Mass and New Hampshire, and then uh, now he's in Rhode Island. But he started uh, he started working God on, at, on uh, uh, like party boats, you know, um, doing like trophy tog trips and all kinds of stuff. And then he re- he recently got oh. into tuna. He's he's caught a number of giants, and you know, I mean, the salt. It's like there's a very there's a big separation between freshwater fishing and saltwater fishing, but he made the transition oh, yeah. to being like a pretty well-rounded carp angler, and and like really, really into like, I mean, just the idea of catching like a thirty to fifty pound freshwater fish that's, is definitely that's crazy. it's insane, you know. It's funny because uh, last time we were in Champlain, my buddy Cam Chase, this co-angler up at the Reynolds ter- team tournament up there, yep. he's a carp fisherman. He has this wicked tent because he carp fishes like overnight. Oh, yeah. But he's like, he has one one bass fishing rod, one single bass fishing rod, and he caught the biggest fish for both of them that day. And they literally threw an ear off the pot that day and called me. And he was like, right when he called me, this kid caught the fish. <laughs> so he then it was like, he literally caught fishes. Those motherfuckers are crazy. Yeah, oh yeah, they are, they are. My God, man, that is Where's, um, Where are you guys specifically right now? We are so right now. We're actually we're in Connecticut. We're at uh, we're at Camp Hookset uh, on Gardner Lake. Ain't no way. Yeah, yeah. Sa- yep. Salem, Connecticut. So uh, every year uh, the Hookset Hoodlums put on a put on an event for you know all pro staff and you know anyone who's affiliated and whatnot. And uh, this year we did it here. Yeah. So that's why, like, the listeners, if you're hearing, like, people in the background, it's like we have a bunch of guys crushing beers right behind <laughs> us, right behind the truck. <laughs> it's freaking nuts. What? Yes, no worries, man. I can't hear them over the voices in my head anyway. Oh, yeah. There you go. There you go. So, Josh, I have a theory, right, that fishing is, 
like the I and it's probably my favorite thing about about fishing is the community like that that the com- camaraderie regardless if it's like you know after the tournament or something like that sharing stories with the people you're competing with or like like I said, you know, talking with Joe, like the stories at the shop, you know, when you're going to buy a bunch of tackle and you're exchanging stories with other people, the expos, all these things. That, like It's like a big family of anglers. Now, the cool thing about fishing is like it is a sport. It's a pastime, something you can enjoy definitely on your own. But going out and fishing with other people, I think, is the best situation for anything i mean if i could have all of my business meetings be fishing trips with you know like clients of mine i'd I'd do it in a second um with that said what would your top three list of people that you would love to fish with and they can be living or dead they could be famous they could be people you actually know they it doesn't matter who they are but what's your top three look like for that uh can i ask you one more question absolutely um be me running the boat or them running the boat? It could be either. So if there's actually, if you wanted to give me two lists, like on your boat, people you want to bring on, and then people whose boat you want to be on, you could do that too. Totally up to you. Okay, perfect. Uh, give me a one, two, three to think about this and I'll hit you. Yeah, no sweat. Mm-hmm. Take your time. I always go back um, and uh, edit these anyway. I would love to fish with. Charlie Ingram again. I got paired up with him as a co-anger at the oh. James River in Virginia. Yep. He's a old elite guy. Um, and he's got a hard, hard dick, hard nose reputation. And, yep. uh, I mean, this is later on in his career, but like when he caught his first fish and grabbed it for him, put his live well. And like I told him, I do calling for him because his mobility wasn't his, uh, you know, top suit for sure. But, yep. um, I would love to fish with that guy again, like on a real fishery, like get down on, like Tennessee, <laughs> you know, yeah, like all the yeah, places yeah. you know, I, I would love to be in the back of that guy's boat on his home lake. So I'm going to go with Charlie Ingram right off the bat, number one. That's awesome. Uh, number two, I just got, I'm going to say in the back of KVD's boat because, I mean, that's the fucking goat, right? There, yep. There's no questions asked yep. whatsoever. I mean, <clears throat> if anyone says he's not the best ever, um, just come see me. I'll straighten you out. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. He's, I, I he's just, the Jordan. I would love to just, like, go out. He's what? He's the Jordan of fishing. Yeah. yeah. And, and beyond it, too, dude. Because oh, yeah. if you look, I mean, fishing's the losingest sport in the entire world, man. Like, oh, if yeah. you look at KVD's winning percentages and how much he actually won and he's the best to ever do it, I'm pretty sure it's, like, still under 40%. I think it was when I, like, I don't know, I heard it like BTL or something a year ago. But that being said, it's just like, he's, uh, I think without forward-facing sonar and all that, I mean, a lot of guys used to cheat with info back then from what I hear, but yep. that's number two. Number three, tough rider. But I, I'd want to fish a half day on the lag, so then yep. I'm on the other half of the day, go shoot green heads out the fucking sky. Hell yeah. That's that yeah that that's the jam. Seth is great. <laughs> He's great. Like such a personality and I think I feel like elite fishing needs that. You know? Like you need anglers that like the the fans of these anglers can get fired like it's like he, I think you nailed it there when you said fishing is the losing a sport because even when you're great you've got to take a ton of hits. You know? 
Like there's a it's lot. It's all mental, man. It yeah, really it, is. It, it, it totally is. So it's like, you know, I, I feel like, you know, if you if you have like folks that just like you hear people all the time that talk about about anglers that they're like, oh, yeah, this 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 dude's my favorite. You know, like a lot of people, um, uh, G-Man comes up a lot. Um, Slagliner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like you know that comes up all the time but like you need to have like personality so so people can fired up about this because I think that you're right it's mental and I think that that kind of can help an angler a little bit you know when they know that they've got it's people that mental. are just like yeah it's wild it's wild it's so funny That's what people think I'm crazy when I'm ripping snow and salt in the boat before takeoff yep <laughs> just get ready for the next hockey ship. <laughs> oh my goodness, man, that is freaking bananas, dude! Unbelievable. So let's say this: like where you're at right now. Let's say you go out. Uh, you know, you're fishing, and and uh, maybe it's a shit day, right? And you want to go drown your sorrows in something uh, delicious, right? Or maybe you 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 know had you're out pre-fishing or something. You, you you get you know it's going great. You got confidence up the wazoo for this next tournament, and you want to kind of go celebrate a success. What is the restaurant that you're going to to you know get your grub on after uh, either a great day or a terrible day of fishing? Oh, dude, I, you'd probably catch me with some uh, tri-tip sent in from the Midwest and just really cook it on a fire. Fair down enough. by the pond by my place. <laughs> That's probably uh, the deal. Other than that, I'm a big fan of sushi, but I don't like fish, like cooked fish. Whatsoever. I'm the same exact way. I'm the really? same exact but, way. Uh, yeah. I will eat sushi yeah. like crazy. You cook a... You cook a a haddock or cod or something put in front of me. I ain't eating it. No kidding. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely yeah, no, no, exactly no desire. But I, I spend a lot more money than I like to admit on oysters every year. Oh, I do love oysters. Yeah, yeah. oysters are pretty great. How do you prefer them? You, yeah. you go, you go raw with your oysters, or I mean, I'm, I'm a big fried oyster guy. Like a fried oyster. I crack oil. them so delicately yep. to keep all the salt water in them. I can. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Fair enough. I like them raw. Um, actually, speaking of fried oysters, when I was in uh, Louisiana a couple yep. years ago, we went down to Venice with my buddy Dave Cavell. This motherfucker Tiny he runs a restaurant there. Yep. Fucking a. He can cook anything. He runs a restaurant in Louisiana, right? We caught bass, redfish, everything you can imagine. And then the guy next door, their camp, where we were staying at. It was an oyster farm. We just bundled it. We bought a whole bundle of oysters off him for 40 bucks. This nice. motherfucker tiny. He just gave everything to us every way it was possible. Oh, my God. That's I'm awesome. thinking of the oysters now. He just went off. Yeah, just raw, deep fried, battered, deep fried. Oh, I love that it. guy's an animal. <laughs> I love it. I'm all about it. I'm all about it. Man, that's freaking awesome. So Josh, I got I, so the one quick question I wanted to give you is, uh, why don't you tell us, you know, being a tournament fisherman, um, you know, it, you do a ton of them, um, you travel all over the place doing it. So why don't you tell us, you know, which tournament series you're kind of involved when you you compete in, and let's tell everybody about your rig and uh, maybe the companies that you're affiliated with. Yeah, this year was kind of uh, last year was just like. Everything hit the fan for me. I tried to fish the Northern Division in the first term of the year. I blew my boat up on day two. I just spun a hub and 
lost everything. Uh, so this year I decided with the, the ABA Nationals being on Hartwell, it's like, well, mm-hmm. you can't fish that if you fish the Opens or anything like that. So I was like, I've never fished the ABA before and done that. And I was like, started looking into it. I'm like, well, this this is, really makes a lot of sense. No-brainer, right? So yep. I started fishing that, and that's how I met Joe. And I was like, this, dude, I'm having a great time fishing again, which is unlike me, <laughs> you know? So I think fishing's in a weird spot right now. Like, I don't really know what to do next year. Like, I want to fish the Opens, or I might mm-hmm. want to go fish something with MLF, but, like, I really don't know because I feel like they're both changing by the day. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, like, ABA's been awesome, and honestly, if you look at... Hold on, I'm going to crack this beard. Um, if you look into, like, Brian New, he comes out with his first Elite Series even, ever, he came off winning this race, Scott Championship, that Joe and I are going to qualifying for. So, like, that's what stimulated his career. And if you look mm-hmm. down the line of it, there's a lot of big, big names that actually won that title and used that money to launch their career. Um, so, I'm just the type of guy, dude, where, like, I can't look at next year because I still really have a St. Lawrence event in my face next week. And, yeah. uh, Nationals on Hartwell, and I'm just—I try to be like a racehorse man, just tunnel vision, and just focus on the next thing in front of me. Yep, yeah, that's kind of how you have to be, you know. Prioritize like what is right next in line, and then move on to the next one when it's over. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm busy outside of fishing, so it's like yep. it—I don't have any choice. <laughs> I hear that. I hear that. So let's, uh, Josh, let's tell everyone about the rig you run, because I love your rig. I, I admire it every time I see it. What Tell, tell us about that. Uh, I run a Blazer 625 Pro Elite. Um, <laughs> I would never get rid of that hole. I'm, I'm probably going to put a new Yamaha on the back of it this year because yep. the uh, warranty is gone, but it's, nothing's ever happened, I think. I, don't know, I put an impeller the other day and they were laughing at me. There was a lot of sand in there or whatever. I guess that's not normal. <laughs> but um, I, I love the boat. It turns like a motherfucker, dude. I mean, we are running up that river. It's like, it's nasty. It's awesome going head into big waves. It's not the best riding with it. Um, Scungiola has a 650 and that thing does a little better with it, but he kind of said the same thing to me, but they're really good boats. It's nice. I like it. I mean, it's, it's a really shallow draft. It's 1,700 pounds dry. I mean, put it wherever you want. Yep. Yeah. I mean, over beaver dams if you're willing. Oh, yeah. I've I've personally witnessed Josh putting that boat wherever the fuck he wants, yeah. watching him go up towards <laughs> that, that dam that day. I took a hard I, – I, I hit the brakes real hard, and he just kept going. Your boat has brakes? <laughs> it did that day. That's amazing. It did that day. That's amazing. So, Josh, obviously you've done a lot of traveling. You've fished a lot of waters. Two-part question. Out of all the spots that you've fished already, what's your favorite body of water? And what is one that's like on your bucket list to um, to to fish You know, in the future like that you just haven't had a chance to yet? Absolutely. Uh, bucket list would be the California Delta for sure because, like, it's very, very tough. Yep. Uh, it's tidal, but there's megas. So, like, yeah. I'm like, I like feeling uh, success out of anything I do. So, it's like, I wouldn't want to, like, 
just go and get a guide on a mega lake in Texas. Like, I'd rather put my own boat in the water or the yeah. California Delta and, like, fish for five days and learn the tide and try to catch a 10-pounder. Something yeah. like that, probably. <clears throat> um, favorite place to fish? It used to be Champlain, and until this year, it kind of burned me, and that was yep. just my own fault. I just hadn't been there in the last couple of years and mm-hmm. hadn't realized how much it's changed. And uh, even on a high water year, I thought a lot of the shit I used to fuck with would be good, and it just was not. Um, so that was like kind of an ego thing where I thought I could just like go and do my own jams and didn't work out. Yep. Don't really Champlain, but I'll be honest with you, the time I've spent on the St. Lawrence the last couple of years has been minimal, but I'm really, really excited to get up there next week. And uh, I have four days of practice, two days of tournament, and that's the number one smallmouth fishery in the entire world. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I plugged it in my GPS yesterday. I'm like, I live five hours and 12 minutes from like God's creation. And like, it's really kind of mystifying me that I haven't spent oh, more time yeah. there. <laughs> I hear that, man. I love Champlain. I've only, I've only ever fished it once, but it is, it is, it, it, it instilled something in me that was just like, this is an amazing, it was actually, the, I, I was lucky. It was the best day of fishing I've ever had with my dad. We, uh, it was just unbelievable. Unbelievable. Like, and my dad's not a artificial lure type of angler. He's, you know, he's he's the kind of guy that's going to throw shiners or night crawlers and just kind of catch whatever. This man put on a clinic on the boat we were on. It was ridiculous. He's never fished with a Ned rig. Ain't no yeah, he, th- he threw oh, one shit. plastic. Yeah, unbelievable. I was like, you got to be kidding me. He was, he was, he was floored. He got home, I guess. He, he told my mom, he's like, He's like, I have never had a day of fishing like at all like that. That was unbelievable. It was, it was great. It was so good. Speaking of Ontario, I'm looking at the extra bilge pump I'm making on my floor right now. Make a cigarette lighter, <laughs> plug in one, and keep it under my feet. That way, when the spear waves, I can just plug it in the cigarette lighter. Yep. Easy on, easy off. That's a good idea. Yeah. Live once, tie toys. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it, man. Well, Josh, this was this was really, really, really fantastic, man. Um, why don't you do us a favor and just kind of shout out like some of the companies that you've been working with, anything like that, anybody that you're pro staffing for, and uh, if listeners want to track you down and kind of, you know, f- uh, follow you a little bit on your journey, especially like you know with upcoming stuff like at Hartwell. Why don't you go ahead and shout that out? Let everybody know where they could find you. Yeah, hundred <clears throat> percent. First, first things off is definitely has to be JCS Marine. He just, he just keeps my boat and my shit in one fucking piece. He's a lowly descendant of God himself. Uh, my boy, Kirk, down occasionally at boys in Louisiana, they really overnighted me parts for my water pump literally two days ago so I could get my boat back together at awesome. District Ontario next week. Uh, those motherfuckers sound like the best guys gone. <laughs> you mm. can't make people that good. Beast Coast. Derek's a man. He's just—he's a dock heron. I call him a dock heron, but the water's been a different level this year, so he's fishing out of the boat, I guess, instead mm-hmm. of the dock. But whatever. He's still a nerd, but he's yeah. a man. He hooks me up whenever I need baits. He fashes and me. I get it. Um, other than that, just bucking bass. I mean, dude, it's expensive, but it's the only thing that's truly, truly dry in its lifetime warranty. Yep. Um. That's it, man. I don't, I always fuck with the people who take care of me. I don't. Yeah. That's it. 
that's that's a these days that's a good idea you know, hell yeah man hell yeah i love it josh thanks so much for doing this dude i appreciate it uh we're gonna be we're gonna be rooting for you uh on uh on on your next couple of tournaments for sure sorry joe i was gonna say i yeah, was like whoa, sorry, whoa 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 sorry bud <laughs> you know you never know you know, you could be never the dark know. horse. Never you know. You could be the dark horse. I could. I could. As long Bumble as no. <laughs> I love it. I love it, man. Hey, you have a good one, dude. Thanks so much. Um, if you could, do me a favor and uh, either sh- sh- shoot me a DM or an email of just a picture of you just holding an absolute tank, and uh, we'll use it for the artwork for this episode. You're talking about a fish, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, or or right. you know whatever whatever you're into, you know. <laughs> it's cold winters. Yeah, you get bored. <laughs> I love it, man. You got it. Uh, hey, anytime you need someone, give me a shout. You're the best, dude. Thank you so much. You have a good one. Good luck. Later, boys. Take care, See you, dude. See ya. everybody we're back wrapping things up for this week's jigs and bigs my god that was a good interview with josh uh hoping that uh things go well for uh, both him and joe uh at hartwell and uh we'll see how, how how that all plays out that should be interesting um joe is leaving this week i think it's only like five or six days and then he's he's heading down there so it should be should be interesting i think we're gonna have some fun little 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 details i know we talked about that following show uh and we kind of have to wait and see how he is for cell service and all that if we're going to have him record remote from hartwell and if if it's going to be shitty like maybe we can do a test when he gets down there maybe some night after trivia i'll have him just call in and see how it is and if it's if it's really shitty Maybe what we'll do is we'll just have him call the hotline and leave a uh, like a, a recap up until that Sweet. point, you know, something like that. Worst case scenario, but we're we're thinking about about how Hartwell's going to going to play out, and we'll see what happens. Shit, maybe maybe he can pull Josh aside and we'll have a conversation uh, down there, a recap, and see how it goes. Who knows? Should be interesting. I do cool. have to say, Josh is jigs and bigs kind of folks, one hundred percent. He had, uh, after we were done this interview, he had sent over a picture of what he was working on at the time, which happened to be a shit ton of jigs and all that, but also uh, some, uh, some, some stuff that we have some passion for here on this show. And it's all good. We have, have ourselves a good time. Guys, uh, you have until the end of this week to go ahead and join the Jigs and Bigs Multi-Species Scavenger Hunt Monthly Online Tournament Series. That's a fucking mouthful, but it's got to be because it's not like any other type of competitive fishing that's out there. This is totally unique opportunity to win some money, can win some great prizes as well. And we really want to see this kind of grow. So a lot of this week, I've been doing a lot of promotion for it. I'm glad that we're up to what we are for anglers. Get on in there because this will be the last tournament for the year. And then we will see you guys next spring with another uh, scavenger hunt for you to jump onto. So it should be pretty good. Um, big shout out to all those guys that have been tagging us in their fish picks. You've been getting on them and tagging jigs and bigs. We appreciate that. Um, of course, we're trying to do the like, share, comment thing as, as often as we're able to. Uh, uh, do me a favor, if if you can, if you're gonna go and buy some uh, 
some Guggen snacky swimmers uh, that that I had suggested earlier that I've just been killing it on with this multi-species stuff. Go and uh, order them online at, uh, at, at GuggenSquad.com and use code BECCA. Let's help our homegirl out because she's got a new rig that she's got to uh, get get set up and, and going. So go ahead and do that. She's she's apparently a favorite now uh, of the Jigs and Bigs listeners. Our most listened to episode is now one of the episodes that, that Becca was on from like last December. She took it over, huh? She's taking it over. Absolutely. It's just she's making nice. it making it for herself. And uh, I think that about really kind of does it. I don't really have a whole lot else going uh, that's got to go out there. Oh, one thing I do want to mention, uh, and this is regarding the 200th episode celebration, the game dinner that's coming up on January the 13th. Um, I Just a heads up for our jig heads, and this is important for you guys. We're doing uh, ticket sales in stages. So there's not going to be a, a pre-sale. We're going to open it up, ticket sales exclusively to jig heads first. So they'll get the best opportunity to get their tickets and lock it down. We're probably going to give them about two weeks to go ahead and do it, and then we'll launch for the general public. Everybody else can go ahead and do that. And then day of tickets, if you're you know, in Chicopee, Mass, and you're like, I want to show up day of, They'll be available there, too, assuming that there are tickets available because we are dealing with a, a, a limited number here. And both uh, Sean, the fisherman, who the fuck is Joe Brown and myself, our families are going to be there and probably eating up some of those tickets. Um, I also want to give a big shout out and a thank you to Abe Lure Lab. Um, I did some promotion for the 200th episode and, uh, just kind of getting it out there folks to save the date, like what's going on, things that we have in mind for it. And I figured I would tag uh, veterans Inc in the, in the post. And it offered me the opportunity to make the post a little bit of a fundraiser. So I did. And thanks to, uh, a Bay lure lab, we hit that $100 uh, donation that we were looking to collect like the first day. Um, so well, thank thank you guys. I don't know if you're able to still go and donate, but I, I do. I want to accrue those funds there and add them to the donation that we're doing because Veterans Inc. is the benefactor of this big show that's coming up. So this should be a whole lot of fun. Um, Bob, Bobby, let me jump in real quick and I'll fire this more. This will be segment one next week. Let's lead with this, but I want to touch on it. Mm -hmm. touch. Um, when you and I discussed about doing a fundraiser and yep. you said, what, what charity should we, we do this for? What nonprofit? I, I immediately said veterans Inc. I worked for veterans Inc. for two years. Yeah. I know what goes on there and where the funds go. Yep. And it's to helping, um, really it's to helping veterans with issues, whether it's homelessness, whether it's addiction, um, even, even joblessness. Yeah. They get veterans back on their feet. Um, and you know, I, I cannot say enough for my former employer, um, one thing we should mention though, never mind just our families and all the jig heads, this is involving the veterans community, which is fucking That's huge fill it in up Western too. Mass. Yeah. yeah. If you're planning on going to this, you get your tickets as soon as they go on sale. Yep. We do not have this is not like a five, six, seven hundred person, one thousand person event. Yep. I don't have a crystal ball, but I think this is gonna sell out quickly. So yeah, I get agree. on top of it. I, I'm toying with the idea also because I know that there are, you know, we we have some reaches this podcast. We have listeners in all sorts of parts of the country. Um, I actually I got a, a a message this week about doing a wedding uh, in South Dakota for a listener, um, and I'm like, fuck yeah, dude! I, tra I travel for all this stuff. I'm into it. 
Uh, so, but that's just kind of like, again, like that amazes me that we have the reach. I'm not expecting those listeners of the show to make a trip all the way out here. I think that's nuts. So the ones that do like travel for this stuff, I'm truly amazed by, but I am considering making a ticket that is a, you, we will include you in a specific raffle and that, that, uh, the, those funds will go and add to the charity. You know, so maybe we'll have like a special giveaway or something um, that we can put together and that this will be like an online exclusive type thing or, or you know, maybe maybe we'll use Riffle Raffle and we could have a variety of prizes. We still have to figure out how the the raffle is going to work, um, determine all the the prizes and everything that we've got to throw in there. But it's going to be it's going to be freaking amazing and a a shit ton of fun. So I'm I'm really, really, really excited about it. This should be a, a blast. But. Pretty amazed that's going on and amazing that uh, we've already hit that goal of just starting it off with the donation. So I think that's huge. So, again, big shout out to to Chris from uh, ABA. Chris and Christina are amazing. You're going to be hearing more about them because we are going to be working with a couple of brand new partners and they're in the mix. And uh, we're not just talking about custom baits here, guys. We're also talking about things that you can, you know, uh, utilize to diversify your experience or, or in, enhance your fishing experience. So we got all kinds of good stuff happening here, guys. Um, oh, I just got a question, a text coming in from uh, from uh, Zach at uh, Dark Horse Tackle. So, uh, yeah, everybody's, I mean, there will be tickets for everybody. Like Queen Beef has to buy a ticket um, because we need the account- accountability of all the heads that are in there. So we'll have that in there. Uh, like I said, the jig heads are going to get first crack to get their tickets. The link will be in the Patreon f- with the jig head. So they'll get first crack to get their tickets. So technically, Zach, you're a jig head. You're going to have first crack to be able to access and get whatever tickets you guys need. So you'll be able to get them. And I'm hoping to have them available. Really? I, I want to have ticket sales start by Halloween is sort of my goal. Like we okay. start like right around there. Boom. We just November, December. Boom. And we just roll right in too early. And people might waffle a little bit on if they're going to go, if they have to travel, these kind of things. And, uh, you know, like and I, I don't want it to get forgotten about. So I'm thinking around Halloween is going to be the time we're like, bang, we're going to go. We're going to put it together. And it's enough time for people to be able to make whatever travel arrangements they have to make if they do. And I mean, I think locally it's, we're, it's going to be packed. It's going to be crazy town. I love it. Guys, that wraps this show up. Anything you want to close out on before we, we, we call it there, Sean? Nope. Well, I, I will make sure to talk a little bit more about Veterans Inc. and what they do and, For and sure. how we can help them out next week. Uh, probably shouldn't have left it till the end, but we fly by the seat of our asses sometime, meaning today. And uh, <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah, we'll we'll, uh, we'll talk about that more and get this uh, get this primed. I love but, it. Um, I'm good. No, get out there and catch the fish. Jump in on the new tournament, guys, if you want to. Um, we think it's fun. Fish your favorite lakes. Fish wherever the fuck you want. Fish, I don't care. Fish your face off. You know what I mean? Fucking face off. Do it. Make it happen, guys. Uh, If anybody's interested this week in uh, maybe a kayak send or even a bank send, let's do it. I'm down. I'm down. I don't know. This weekend, I think, might suck. I'm going to keep an eye to the. uh, Yeah, it's rough. And I have so many events coming up on the weekends. It's insane. This, I think, is like my last weekend off. Uh, No. No, I have an event this weekend. That's right. Well, Bobby, if you want, I can fish Thursday. That's all I can tell you. Yeah. 
I'm down for Thursday. This is a mess. I'm down for Thursday. I was hoping to kind of make it out today and put some of those other, like, just rando species, check them off the box. But, yeah, I don't know if today is going to happen. Tomorrow, probably, though. So, hit a bitch up, guys. Thanks so much for listening. We appreciate you guys. You're absolutely amazing. Uh, Keep an ear to everything Jigs and Bigs so that you can be aware of anything that's changing, when tickets are available for the 200th show, when we have the, uh, you know, uh, giveaways and things for our October multi-species tournament uh, that's happening right now. All kinds of great stuff happening, guys. We'll see you when we see you. Like we always say, it's an ass. Super.